here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Grace, alongside, as always, the King of Banter, the most compelling voice in wrestling media, internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist. Uh, I forgot what the other one. Kent, do you still do the Kenta Kobashi of sex? Sure. I'm trying to be nice. It's the holiday season, Joe. I'm starting to give you a little thing. And as quoted in Forbes Magazine or Forbes.com, but we'll let it slide. It's Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? It's Forbes Magazine. <laughs> I don't know why you have to always downgrade it. It was Forbes Magazine. I mean, it wasn't, but okay, that's fine. Uh, listen, that's, that's right. all I know is across the top of the page, it said Forbes Magazine. You're right, you're right. NoDQ.net, courtesy of NoDQ.net. So. No, no, was no. It no. no it was .net.com. It was Forbes.com. <laughs> Straight up. I just it was Forbes Magazine. I'm a little jealous. Anyway, <laughs> Joe, how's it, Joe, how's it going? I've got legitimate breaking news here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I don't know if I know this. I don't think you do. Hiroshi Tanahashi has been pulled from the rest of the World Tag League Tour. Oh, no. With a knee injury. Oh. I'm reading this. I'm reading this as we speak here. And I quote, due to an injury suffered to his right knee, New Japan Pro Wrestling has come to the decision to remove Hiroshi Tanahashi from December 7th Yamagachi card. Further, Tanahashi will be out of action for the remainder of the World Tag League Tour which ends December 11th in Fukuoka. Interesting. New Japan okay. Pro Wrestling apologizes to fans who were looking forward to seeing Tanahashi perform. At the present time, precise details on the condition of Tanahashi's knee are unknown. Tanahashi is currently undergoing a thorough medical assessment. When more details become clear, a decision will be made as to his future appearances. Please be advised that due to Tanahashi's absence, there will be changes made to the remainder of the cards in the World Tag League Tour. Please keep checking New Japan Pro Wrestling 1972.com and follow us on social media for further updates. So Tanahashi off the World Tag League Tour with a okay. knee injury. Do you buy it? Or do you think uh, Jay White's going to be working on the knee January 4th? I think that um, Jay White will be working on the knee, but I do also buy that it's legit. I don't think they pull him off these shows. And there's not many more left to go. So I guess that's sort of the thing that... that 
makes me believe there's something to it. Because if it was like halfway through the tour or, or right before the tour was going to begin, but now there, there's like three days left, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. At this point, why would you take him off the tour if it wasn't something that was bulky or whatever? You, you know what I mean? Now, to be fair, he wasn't really in a money-drawing match on the World Tag Week final. That's a good card. I don't know if you've looked at it. Yeah, no, it is. It's pretty good. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Um, oh, you have that on the run sheet? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Big-time World Tag League discussion coming up pretty soon, but not really. But, <laughs> but um, which kind of could feed into your theory if you think it's bullshit, um, because he's really – it's not like they're they're not going to have to rearrange the fight. These six-man and eight-man tags on these house show stops don't really matter, um, particularly this late in the tour where the tickets are probably already sold. But, um, you know, the finals in a, in a pretty big building – uh, you know, medium-sized building anyway, Fukuoka. Um, but he's not in any of the three. He was, uh, you know, announced matches four if you count the Tag Week final where we just don't know the participants. Right, right, right. Would have just been in something underneath anyway. So, um, you know, maybe if his knee's feeling a little, you know, balky, um, it's like, hey, look, what, you know, why don't we just yank him, keep him off everything until Wrestle Kingdom. Because, you know, after this, all you've got are the two Cork and Hall shows. I believe on the, I want to see, I want to say the 16th and 17th. Let me double check. Yeah, because I remember they have a big break this year from what I remember, which is actually great for our ebook, too, because usually it'd be like right up against the, you know, the last few days we'd have to update all the stats off that last thing. But I feel like, yeah, they're giving them a pretty big gap, if I remember correctly. Um, The Cork and shows are the 17th and the 18th, and there's a Lions Gate show from Shinjuku face on the 21st and that's it for the year. Wow. Okay. Um, great news for us. <laughs> so yeah, the, great news. The, for yeah. Us. The year wraps up the 21st <laughs> and you know, the main, the mainline roster wraps up the 18th. So he wouldn't work that, uh, Lionsgate show regardless. So you're talking about, um, three world tag league house shows, the world tag league final and two cork shows. If you know, assuming he doesn't work those. Right. Right. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's to me, it's just I got this weird like boy who cried wolf thing with Tana. Anytime there's like a big time match or you know a G one or whatever, Tana she's always got an injury. So I don't know. I like again, I, I, if it's a legit thing or whatever, I, it is what it is. I don't know. I just I'm always kind of dubious whenever uh, Tanahashi's got an injury coming up. You know, well leading into to, a big match, but you'd have to amputate his leg for him not to work. Oh no, no, for sure. Yeah, and, and that's and that could be, and that's why I think given the, the the amount of time that's left, that it might just be a hey, my knee's feeling a little. You know, swelled up maybe, got done with the match, it swelled up a little. Maybe it's not like, and, and that's, I don't think any of us are saying, oh, he like tore his ACL and he's ruined and his meniscus. It's probably just like it kind of swelled up or whatever. And he said, hey, do you guys, do you really need me for these next three shows? Like, do they really matter? And no, they don't. And and do you need me for these other two? Not really. And okay, cool. And then I get a month until I get ready, effectively a month. I mean, we're talking about today's the seventh. You know, yeah, effectively a month to kind of rest up and heal up, which makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, it could either be a, a little bit of a work or it could be a little bit of just, yeah, I, I'm a little sore. It's a little tender. Why don't you just give me the month off? And and why not? I mean, if you're in New Japan, of course you would let Tanahashi do that because it's all about, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. It doesn't matter if he works these cork and house shows on the final two nights. It doesn't matter anymore, which is a benefit to them that Tanahashi doesn't matter, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, he worked yesterday. I mean, just to give you an idea what he's doing, he, he teamed with Kitamura yesterday. He's right, not, so he can, he can be replaced pretty easily. Anything vital. I mean, night before he teamed with Hanare and Togi Makabe. I mean, he just... <laughs> It, it doesn't. It, you don't need him on these shows. Um, he's working a lot of ten man tags. Um, you know, 
he, a lot of a lot of the nights he teams with a young lion and you know is on the losing end of a tag and it, because Jay White's not on the tour, so he's not there. He's not even able to be paired off with his opponent. Right, yeah. Like we have Okada and Naito are always getting paired off and you know need, needing to get separated all the time. Whereas, yeah, Jay White and Tanahashi are, are so Tanahashi just kind of floating in the wind, not doing anything anyway. So, right. So it's a good opportunity to rest up. Um, so can't really kill him for that. It doesn't affect the uh, the final show at all. He wasn't announced for anything anyway. No, we have. So yeah, like they'll have said, to we rearrange. Have, we have four matches, but he wasn't on any of those, and those were all kind of like straight tags or, or the obviously the World Tag League Finals. So he was probably destined to be in a ten man or whatever. So yeah, it's completely irrelevant that if he's there or not. Call Jado can come and fill in. It. it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll they'll rearrange these uh, these match lineups for some of these shows that are announced on that yet i'll just take a quick look at the eighth yeah 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 see if, and, uh, but i know this was announced like you said it was right away so i don't know they usually do take a little while to, to update the cards yeah they haven't changed it yet like uh, for example okay. here on, on the eighth he was teaming with liger and makabe against uh killer elite squad and despy so i mean they could just easily turn that into makabe and liger versus killer elite squad mm-hmm. until despy does you know, just breather <laughs> despy doesn't work that night you know it's really not a big deal or, you know, they move Despy to something else, some other Suzuki gun match and or whatever. You know, it's it's there's a lot of different things they can do. Um they usually won't bump a whole match, they'll usually just turn a six man into a straight tag or something like that. Yeah, but exactly. um, There you go. So, breaking nice news. Nice breaking news, yeah. A little uh <laughs> I don't know if we can break news that people are gonna listen to eight hours after a phrase or whatever, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> Some people listen to this six days from now, <laughs> like, after the final's over. Right. Breaking news. That's what we do here on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast, but we got a lot to talk about. But I mean, really, yeah. he would have to, he, he'd have to have a, he'd have to, like, he could blow out his knee, I still think he'd He'd wrap that thing like, up. He'd wrap that thing up, get a Corazon shot, and at least have like a four and a half star match, and then, yeah, I, and I then, yeah, and then go to the back, and then be in very a lot of need yeah he's not missing that show i mean there's no i'm not really being facetious like you think if he tore an acl he'd work i think you would oh for sure yeah and you could i mean to be fair you're not you shouldn't but you could work yeah yeah gotta tape it up shots here and there a little bit of painkillers and you could do it it's gonna probably hurt like hell when the match is over but yeah you can you can get yourself in a state of mind and and, in uh in the frame to to go out there and work and have and, and still be all you really are and then it's just gonna hurt like hell when you're done and you're gonna really do more damage than it's worth, but you know that's it. Wouldn't be a first in, in in Japanese wrestling for a guy to go out there hurt and do more damage, you know, to his body in the long term. But you know, that's yeah. So they do. So yeah, no, I mean, he would. Yeah, it would. It would like kneecap dislocation. I think for him to not like a full yeah. on like no, you cannot walk. Like we have to completely stay like Teddy Bridgewater injury. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, his, his his kneecap would have to fall off and or whatever, and that would be the only scenario where I see that that he would miss that for sure. You know, the the mindset though, it's it's they're progressing a little bit because normally they he'd work the rest of this tour too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you're announced, we got tickets to sell, whatever the case, you know, these guys, they would, they would, you know, they'd be like, you got a, a large break after this tour, you finish the tour, but they don't, you know, they, they, we've seen them pull guys off of tours and recently. Yeah, years. no, it's, it's cool. And like I said a, a little bit earlier as well, it's kind of cool that new Japan can then say, Hey, Roshi Tanahashi, we don't really need you. You know what I mean? Like we're going to sell tickets yeah. regardless without you. Which is a great thing that we've, you know, despite them having no new stars, but that that's long 
buried and, and gone or whatever. But this is a great example of like Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was one of their biggest stars, one of their legends or whatever. They can just tell him to set it out and it doesn't matter. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's that's not going to be no, no one is going to be going to the ticket window and complaining that they didn't get to see Tanahashi and Hanare versus, you know, Despi and whatever. It, like, so that's, that's kind of cool that it just, it, you know. You can rest up and it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I got a lot to talk to, uh, about today. We got 205 Live on the road. We're going to discuss that a little bit. Uh, you and I have both watched the NOAA Global League finals and the entire show. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, particularly the finals, which is a really awesome match that I know we we're both uh, pretty interested in talking about. Uh, World Tag League, we're going to check in with that, little scenarios of what's left and what can happen uh, for the rest of the tour. And then also the, uh, the final show, as you mentioned. Uh, really quickly, I want to touch on the Evolve weekend. Evolve's coming back after their uh, long hiatus or longish hiatus and got a pretty good uh, set of cards coming up here on the 9th and the 10th. Uh, Don Callis uh, to Impact Wrestling. We'll talk about that really quickly. Uh, Access TV, they're going to show Wrestle Kingdom 12. We're going to talk a little bit about that and how they're uh, advertising it. And then also, since uh, we're a little light, I mean, those aren't really deep topics. We're going to take your questions as well. We got a lot of really fun questions from the forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums. So that'll be pretty fun to do. Before we get into all of that, though, Joe, I want to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. And buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, confusing, and downright frustrating. But thankfully, there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need a perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Now, I've used the app many, many times. I've used them for Bulls games, White Sox games. I used them uh, even when I went to a Giants game in San Francisco. I went to the Warriors game in, in, in Oakland, all on SeatGeek. And I really love the app. I, the best part about it, it saves you time and money. Uh, it searches multiple ticket sites, compares prices, and finds amazing deals. Uh, the real thing, though, that really sets SeatGeek apart from everybody else is they grade every ticket based on value and help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. You find that little green dot. You know you're getting a good deal. You click that, and you're safe and comfortable, and you know that that was a great deal and that you got some good savings from SeatGeek. And then all you have to do, as I mentioned, look for that green dot, and you'll be getting a fantastic value. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And SeatGeek was in the giving mood this holiday season. They are giving. Voice Wrestling, flagship listeners, $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's $20 off flat off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do is download the SeatGeek app, uh, iOS, Android, uh, they're both on there. And you enter promo code VOW. That's promo code VOW, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. We thank them for sponsoring this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Okay, uh, where do you want to go? We got a lot of different. No topic I think is uh, any more important than the other. So we can go. We can go anywhere. We can throw darts. We can randomize it. What do, what do you want to go with this one? How about the Nets trading for Jalil Okafor? I saw that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. I mean, I, think it's I guess. Our, our lead topic. <laughs> the Jalil <laughs> Okafor news. Yes. <laughs> I know all me, of you were dying for our, our hot Jalil Okafor takes. So. Uh, let me throw something at you, though, okay. uh, real quick before we get into the graps here. And we're talking about SeatGeek. So if you wanted to go to a Brooklyn Nets game or a Philadelphia 76ers game, you go to SeatGeek. Download the, the SeatGeek app, VOW, $20 off. So I think this works. I think we can make this part of the ad, right? Sure. Because <laughs> right, so, now people are going to be clamoring. I mean, those Brooklyn Nets, I mean, you didn't really want to go, but, but now you got Jaleel Okafor. So now, I mean, well, let me ask you the Barclays question. Center is going to be blown as, up. Yeah, go ahead. As, as a basketball aficionado, I have a question for you. So Nets make that terrible trade a few years ago with the Celtics, right? They right. Give up all their draft picks. Oh, by the way, let Larry uh, know, Larry, uh, uh, devoted listener Larry. Sure. I'll let him know that I definitely won that argument. I like to remind him all the time, but uh, we had an argument at the time where <laughs> yeah, I said a, that that deal was going to work out listening. for the. Okay, all right. That I yes, that's a horrendous trade by the Russian, the yeah. Russian owner who came in and thought he was brilliant. Yep. Okay. Um, but what, what the Nets are doing? Stuff. He knows, and he knows yeah, it's yeah. hurting him right now. It's it's killing him inside. That's all right. Go on. He's listening. Um, 
so what the Nets are doing, you know, they trade for Okafor today. They trade for uh, D'Angelo Russell in the offseason, right? Um, so with the absence of draft picks, the strategy seems to be to acquire players who were lottery picks who haven't quite worked out for whatever reason uh, with the teams that drafted them. What do you think of that? It's pretty crafty, right? It's kind no, of I like, like it a lot. Going for a lottery no, absolutely. Team here, I mean, right? Yeah, they've, they've acquired two number two picks. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, right. that's not bad to do that because Russell's a number two, right? If I remember correctly, or, or he was he was pretty high up there. If he wasn't number two, he was definitely like number both, two, lottery, number three. both definitely lottery picks. Yeah, uh, no, I know before I know was no number two. So that's like, yeah, no, I'm all for it. And I think it's, I mean, you look at the success of, of D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he's not, I mean, the team obviously has got a little bit of a rough patch, but you know, he's averaging over 20 points a game this year and, and is playing yeah. really well outside of the Lakers system. And then everybody kind of assumed that that was sort of a thing. Uh, it's going to be a little interesting though with Okafor just because his game is is a little odd but Brooklyn's a pretty good place to sort of figure out what he's going to be because there's obviously no pressure to do well there's no pressure that you know the fan base isn't like well we really care about and the problem is he got passed up by Simmons and he got passed up by Embiid and, and no one there was really no place for him anymore in Philadelphia so I think Brooklyn's a great spot and what the thing about them too is they right now don't like because defense is one of his big issues as well he's not a great defender well, they don't really give a shit in Brooklyn about defense. They kind of just want to score a bunch of points. So that could be a good atmosphere for him to kind of go and, and, and sort of refine the offensive part of his game and then see if the defense ever comes. If it ever does come, then good, you have something. But really, like, it, it's just getting him run and getting him – seeing what you have from him because Philadelphia really never did find out what they had in him. And, and there might be something there because, I mean, I grew up – I mean, obviously, go, he grew up in Chicago, so I saw a lot of his games in, in high school. And this is a guy that was a super dynamic scorer in high school. Obviously, it's, it's a whole different game, but – it's a guy that looked completely different when he was in the NBA, and they seemed to not really quite sure what he should do and where should he go and, and how should we get him in the offense. But I like Brooklyn. I mean, they're a fast team. They run. They score. They don't play much defense. That, that might work out pretty well for him. 17-7 and seven his rookie year. I mean, there's something there. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, it, it might be, you know, it's worth a try. I mean, that's and like you said, Brooklyn doesn't have any picks, so this is a way to acquire lottery picks. You know, they don't need Trevor Booker yeah, anymore. We don't, have any, we don't have any draft picks until 2030 <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> It is a way to acquire high-level talent. And, and, and like I said, what did they trade for this guy? They traded, what, Trevor Booker? Yeah, exactly. Trevor Booker's completely irrelevant. So, yeah. I mean, so it's like, you know, and, and there were some other, you know, fringe players involved or whatnot, but it's like it, it's like a lottery ticket. You know, if he works out, you know, it, it's almost like replacing these missing draft picks. I don't know. I just wanted to run that by you. I think it's a pretty, pretty crafty strategy to try to, uh, you know, make up for the mistakes that the previous regime made. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're doing some fun stuff there. And if you don't watch Brooklyn Nets, it's actually kind of a fun team to watch. Like they're, they're a weird, like land of misfit toys, but it kind of works. It's like, you know, you got weird guys that like Sean Kilpatrick and you're like, who the hell are they? There's a bunch of guys that you don't even think that are in the league, but they run a really fun style. And it was really cool when Jeremy Lin, obviously last year was playing with them. He, he was doing well. Of course he had his injuries, his knee injuries. So he was out, but it was really fun watching him sort of run the show there. But yeah, it's actually kind of a fun team. And, and uh, I looked it up. I was, they were in the same draft actually, 2015 draft. D'Angelo Russell was taken second and Julio Okafor was taken third. So they acquired a second and third pick. I mean, they might be failed second and third picks, but I mean, the Russell thing is already kind of looking okay. I know he's, he's hurt right now, but yeah, let's see what you get with the Okafor. If it doesn't work, whatever. I mean, that's fine, but that's not really the, you know, the worst way to build a team. Russell will have, have, have a better career than Ball. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, don't, uh, don't let TJP know about that. <laughs> TJ Perkins. That man's got the worst basketball takes on earth. I mean, we've known this for years. But yeah, back in the day, the old school <laughs> voices, wrestling listeners will know that. Like, if you followed our old Twitter account, like I would just get in a rat, like long arguments with with TJ Perkins about basketball, and I, I learned to eventually just stop. 
But like, I still get baited in every so often. Yeah, but then I realized, like, and then seeing these, like, well, you know, Magic Johnson couldn't shoot, so I don't know why everyone's mad at Lonzo Ball. He he legitimately made a statistical comparison. (laughs) Because one of them is Magic Johnson. Of Lonzo Ball to to Magic Johnson. I mean, you just, you can't, Rich. (laughs) One of the most successful high school and one of the most successful college players of all time. Before he even stepped foot in the NBA and then won a title his first year. Yeah, and played center in the finals when the, the center went there. Yeah, I'm sure Lonzo Ball is going to line up at the five in the NBA Finals this year and uh, <laughs> bring them a title. What are you talking? Yeah, about? yeah, one of the greatest players in the history of basketball. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, oh, Jesus. Oh, and then the, the, the Cavs he's got, got a lot. Better he's got to listen. He's got a lot of time on his hands these days. He does so. have quite a lot of time. Well, I guess we got a good segue there to the 205 Live, but I do yeah. want to say that the best argument, I think the one that just completely floored me and I just had to like close the laptop or walk away, was when he said the, the Cavs got better when LeBron left, even though they became, yes. like, without a doubt, the worst team in the league immediately. Oh, oh no. Remember, Luol Dang was going to replace LeBron's production in Miami, remember? <laughs> right, and they won like 15 games. Yeah, that's... Uh... And, and, and 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 he 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 deduced this by comparing their you know real arguments by the way their yes their bare minimum you know their his point rebound assist lines he compared them and you know Dang averaged six less points a game and three three assists and four rebounds but that was nothing he was going to replace yeah he could get those off anybody as silly as it is just to compare stat lines in that manner. They still weren't as impressive to begin with, but he still felt. <laughs> I like the give or take seven points per game. Like those seven, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. six, it's, seven, but those are largely irrelevant. You can just get a guy off the bench that can score seven points. And what's funny about that is Luol Dang's been one of the most disappointing players in the league since he made that statement. Yes, yeah, he's actually a, a complete. Um, <laughs> Rest from the. He was an okay player at that point in time. I mean, obviously, he was not. LeBron James is ridiculous, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That, that's his Lonzo, his Lonzo. If, you, if you want a funny Lonzo, if you want the most, if you want to find the second most irrational person in regards to Lonzo Ball that's not LeVar, uh, TJ Perkins is a great option for you. I think TJP um, might be more delusional about it. <laughs> He's bordering that. The Magic Johnson thing was really, that was something. That was that was very eye-opening. So that, that, could, uh, that could do that. But I guess that gives us a good segue to 205 Live, Joe. TJ yes. Perkins home. Uh, They're going on the road. So, Joe, the sometimes 10th most popular show on WWE Network uh, is going on the road Friday, January 19th. I'll be in Kingston, Rhode Island, Saturday, January 20th, Lowell, Mass., and then Sunday, January 21st in Poughkeepsie, New York, the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, great old um, oh, yeah. arena there. Uh, nothing has really been set in stone as far as we know in terms of if it's going to be long-term. I know that they said, I, I think Dave reported, Dave Meltzer in the, in the Observer this week, I reported that they're going to do three shows in January. I think he said three in February and then see where it is after that. Uh, Joe, what the hell do you make of this? Tickets go on sale tomorrow, by the way. So you want to definitely get in line, get those pre-show codes because uh, Lowell Mass is going to explode for, <laughs> for the Brian Kendrick. But uh, what do you make of these shows? We're laughing a little bit, but but what are, what are your thoughts on 205 Live going on the road? Good idea, bad idea? Let's see how it works. Where, where, well, where's your head at with it? It's good for the talent. Yes. Because we've said many times, it's it's these guys aren't making a ton of money. They sit home. Um, they get a real raw deal, you know. They have to show up to both TVs, which sucks. And then only for the you know for the most part, only the main event, whatever the main event program is on 205, is the only program that was going on the road. I don't, I don't remember if it was on the Raw. I think it was on the Raw tour. I can't remember whether it was the Raw or Smack. Raw would make sense since that's the uh, 
the main roster brand that they appear on TV with. But even though they anyway, tape on SmackDown, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, they have like, to. These yeah. poor guys. They got to come to both TVs, and then they don't get to work the house shows where you 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 make a sneaky good amount of money going on the road. Especially if you're a mid carter or lower mid carter like these guys are, you're, you're gonna make your money on the road, and they they don't get to go on the road. So it's good for them, even though these are smaller buildings. And we're going to talk about how we don't think they're going to draw particularly well. It's an opportunity for these guys to get on the road and make a little bit of money instead of either sitting home or working the Florida Loop. I guess some of them work the Florida Loop, right? I mean, there's no money in that. You know, those shows are drawn. I don't even know how that works for NXT. I mean, I'm not even sure the talent gets a cut of that. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, who pays? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm if not, they do, what are you getting a cut of? 200 fans? Exactly. Yeah, 200. Yeah, 150. So, and, and yeah, no, you're not getting much at all. Yeah, so um, you know this is good for them from that perspective. They get to go on the road, make a little bit of money in it, and, and because normally, like I said, it's just the champion and the challenger who go on the Raw tour, um, you know, and 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 it's just the top program. So that's good. Um, they are running smaller buildings. You know, that building in Lowell is in Lowell, Mass, is where uh, Ring of Honor runs from time to time. The the Poughkeepsie building, like you said, the Mid Hudson Civic Center, WWE ran tapings there, and the early to mid eighties. And then it became sort of a, uh, actually similar to what they're doing now at two five live. It was the, it was the, it was the C tour. It was a C tour building, uh, later on after that, where, you know, for example, Hogan would headline the A tours, which would be your massive square gardens, your Philly spectrums, your LA sports arenas, your, you know, your major arenas around the country. You'd have a B tour headlined by either, you know, Randy Savage or, um, you know, whoever the Intercontinental Champion was at the time, or whoever, if they had a strong tag team champions at the time, that would headline the B show. And then you would have your C tour, which would be headlined by, you know, either, you know, the tag team champions, if they were weaker champions, or, or even sometimes there'd be no title matches. You'd get like a, you know, a Jim Duggan on top or something like that. And, and it would just be loaded with prelim guys, jobber to the stars. You'd get your hillbilly gyms and your, uh, SD Jones types, Brooklyn Brawlers, <laughs> Iron Mike Sharps. I'm looking at one card here. This is from a 1986 in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Uh, this is the main event was the Hillbillies, Cousin Luke, Hillbilly Jim, and Uncle Elmer defeating Dr. Midnight, Steve Lombardi, and Tiger Chung Lee. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> not great. Yeah. I mean, a sea show tour. I mean, they weren't always that awful. But um, that pretty, that's kind of what this is. Bad, this, yeah. When you really look at it, though, this is the sea tour. You know, you get the Raw tour you've got the smackdown tour and now 205 live is going to run these c buildings um so it's good for the talent i i don't think it's going to draw and we kind of we have precedent here we have history to look at because if you remember when they rolled out wwe cw they ran they briefly attempted to tour that brand before mm-hmm. they merged it with smackdown because it didn't work it was a colossal bomb uh the show's you know they couldn't draw four figures. They were drawing a couple hundred fans, and they were running similar-sized buildings. In fact, Rich, if you remember, they ran the ECW arena. They even right. attempted that, um, and it didn't work. And and it just the the, the, the mid Hudson that like, definitely got used as well. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That was definitely one on the, on the ECW house show tour loop as well. Yeah. So there you go. Um, they've they've used this building forever um, in Poughkeepsie, but um, but yeah. So we have precedent here. Um, WWE ECW, which was on national television and drew millions of viewers. Remember, that show opened up to very solid ratings. I think what the first show did a three point nine, uh, something like that. Yeah, it was like it was that. it was high. I mean, it was definitely a big thing. I mean, it, didn't, uh, it didn't... opened to a lot of interest, and yeah. and, and you know, it, it, it 
when people saw what it was, it, it, it dipped a little. But the comparison here is a show that was on cable drawing, you know, viewership in the millions could not draw on the road. And now you've got a show, 205 Live, which is not on cable, which is only on the network, which struggles to crack the top 10 on a consistent basis. It's done a little better since they put Enzo on top. We'll talk about that in a minute. Struggles to crack the top 10 on a consistent basis. Many weeks, it's 15th, 16th, 17th on the network behind like years old pay-per-view yeah, shows. Yeah, passed up by like shows that like Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson talk about on their podcast or shows that like, you know, Tony Schiavone will talk about in his right. podcast. Like it's and getting destroyed a little by and those. Passed up. Right. And, and it's like, um, and how many, how many subscribers of the network? It doesn't even have 2 million subscribers, right? Network right. is like 1.7 right. right now or something like that. Um, I don't remember the latest number, but I don't even think it has 2 million subscribers right no, now. No, it does not. No, no, it's still the, the number they can't get to. And you're talking about a show that occasionally cracks the top 10. I mean, Rich, there's well under a million people watching this thing every week. I think that's safe to say. Um, would it shock you if less than 500,000 people a week were watching? Um, it wouldn't because I know for a fact that um, something to wrestle with, I think that they said on their last show that they do around 500,000 downloads per. So that's, that's assuming that every single person that downloaded because because that's another show like those shows destroy um like we said if they'll talk about halloween havoc 98 or whatever or, or, you know uh the king of the ring 97 or whatever that will destroy if they're if that's their show that week or whatever and they're doing one of those live watches because it'll destroy 205 live and it'll, it'll be up in that because you'll see those weird shows like, what the hell is that show doing up there and you look and and they said that they do 500,000 subscribers um right now i don't know if that number's fluid i don't know if that was just the one day. so if we look at that and say okay wait, well, that- wait the, the pritchard show I think so. It was either Pritchard or Shivani's show did 500. They're full of shit. I saw Pritchard's numbers. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they seem to say that they're they're, when they're not they... doing 500,000 listens a week. Oh, that's not true. That's what they're selling I, to advertisers. He's, <laughs> in fact, you can you can look at that up because uh, Comrade actually tweeted out their graph probably I don't know six months ago, and they're topping out about 80,000 down 60 to 80,000 downloads a week. 500,000 is absurd. They're not doing 500,000. I mean, not according to any information they put out themselves. But regardless, either well, way. Well, that, that's even worse than for 205 Live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was using the – yeah, and that, that it seems like pretty high numbers. But regardless, it's even worse than that because if they say that they only have 80,000, say say they're at 100,000 or whatever, they do yeah. a show and they beat out 205 Live. And that's assuming that every single person that listens to that show makes sure to go on the network and watch – I mean, that so that – it. it would it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was less than 5,000. So honest. Rich is saying here to be clear. So they'll break down a, a, a historical pay-per-view. Right. They'll say, okay, today we're going to talk about – they do it a lot in the Tony Schiavone show. Today we're going to talk about Halloween Havoc 97. All right. right. And 3, 2, 1, hit play on WWE Network. And then they'll do a right. live commentary of it. And you're supposed to – it's assumed that you then will listen to it and watch it at the same time. I'm somebody that listens and I don't watch at the same time. I'm listening to it at work while I'm a bike ride or whatever. So I'm not one of those people. So like they need every single one of these people – that, that subscribe to them, whether it be 100,000 or 500,000, watching at the exact same time. So that's assuming that the, the 205 Live then is below all of those. Correct. <laughs> very so often. Rich thing is very – so very often when these various podcasts will, will review a historical show, you'll see those shows pop up in the top 20 on the network because of that. Um, you know, because honestly, once you get past the top 10, you know, there's not a lot of shows on the network that are getting mass watches from, you know – hundreds of thousands of people and this is the proof you know if we have a pot if there's a podcast doing sixty thousand downloads and thirty five thousand of those people are watching the pay-per-view along with the podcast that's enough to get you in the top 20 and what we're saying is 205 live 
is in the same neighborhood as a lot of those classic pay-per-views. So no one's watching this fucking show. Um, you know, there's way less than 500,000 people a week watching this show. Um, so that's why I make the comparison to ECW. ECW had millions of viewers. Um, had viewers at least nine figures. So, and that couldn't draw on the road. So why on earth does anyone think that this would draw on the road? Um, I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to do well. I don't think anybody cares about 205 Live. I think it would have done significantly worse pre-Enzo. Um, you know, it, it's cracking the top 10 most weeks with Enzo. I don't check every week, to be fair, but most weeks I check, it does crack the top 10 with Enzo on top. But here's the thing, and these house shows to me, Rich, are going to be a big test for Enzo Amore because – you know, it, it's I, – I'm not sure if I totally attribute more people watching 205 Live totally to Enzo because he has been given opportunities that the previous champions were not given. He's closing out Raw some weeks. He's getting uh, – he's getting primo real estate on Raw. He's, he's a he's, – he, you know, they're putting him at the top of the hour. They're giving him multiple segments. And he was he's, already higher up on the ladder than all those guys as well. Yeah. Moment, and it, from, just, even before he was there, yeah. So when, when you're getting much better – like previous 205 Live champions, whether it was TJP or Neville, I won't even count Rich Swan or Akira Tozawa. Their runs weren't long enough. You can't deduce anything from that. But if you look at TJP and Neville, yeah, they got some time on Raw. But what – Rich, they got shitty real estate. You know, they'd get you know, the second match in the first hour or you – know, and they get one segment. They certainly weren't closing out the show like Enzo has in the past. They certainly weren't getting multiple segments like Enzo gets. They certainly weren't getting top of the hour spots like Enzo has gotten in the past. So when they decided to build the show around Enzo, they not only decided to build it around Enzo, but they also decided to push it harder on Raw. And I don't think that can be discounted. Um, so again, I'm not sure we can entirely chalk this up. And, and, and believe me, it's not killing it anyway. It's not like it's coming in second on the network every week, okay? When it cracks to the top 10, it's barely cracking the top 10. I don't think I've seen it any higher than, you know, Sixth, seventh, eighth, like that neighborhood. Yeah, I usually see it around um, an eighth at its peak, and then usually a little lower. I mean, ninth or tenth. So, so we'll see. I mean, I think this is a good test for Enzo from that perspective. You know, if they could fill these buildings with Enzo on top, I think that's a feather in his cap. And um, it's it's clear that management likes him to some extent. They like him enough to build one of the one of the shows around him, and they like him enough to where they feel like they could try this thing on the road. Um, if you've noticed, you, this must have been in the cards for a while because the 205 Live guys in general have gotten more real estate on Raw. Um, you know, they've even run – they're even running more angles with, um, you know, uh, some of the guys underneath. Um, and not just Enzo, not just the title programs. Um, even though the show predominantly is built around the Zo train and uh, all of the heels uh, being aligned with Enzo Amore. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I don't think it'll do well. I, I, I'm just looking at history. I'm looking at precedent. Um, it, they haven't drawn for a third tour since the heyday of Hulkamania. And it's not like those – and here's the thing too. It's not like the C tour was killing it in those days either. It was running these same shitty buildings and maybe doing 1,000 fans. So even at the height of the company's – you know, the first – you know. Uh, boom period that the company had on their whole Hogan they had trouble running a successful sea tour. What makes people think people are going to line up in droves to fill up buildings, you know, to watch Jack Gallagher? 
I, right. I, I just I, I don't see it. Yeah, and, and one of the the other things that I kept bringing up as well in in any discussion about this and how it's going to draw is that um, you saw you, you're talking about you know the the C show not drawing as well, but in the heyday the A and B shows did draw. The A and B shows are not drawing right now <laughs> in WWE. They're struggling to fill Raws. They had to tarp off you know three fourths of of the Staples Center for a Raw. We've seen those things with SmackDown where people go and they, hey, look, here's here's what's on the hard cam side, and there's no you know there's nobody there. It's it's a ghost you, town. Or whatever. You make a great point when you're doing. 20,000 fans on the A show, 11,000 fans on the B show. You can live with doing 1,500 fans on the C <laughs> right. show. But we're doing, you know, 5,000 on the A. Right. Yeah, right. You know, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting big arena. And so that's the thing that, like, I, I don't know why the, the benefit of the doubt is, well, of course, yeah, it'll, it'll do well. Like, I understand these are special shows. They're a little bit different. But still, if you're if you're struggling to fill seats for, for a Raw, for a SmackDown, even for an NXT takeovers, are not drawing as well as they were. NXT house shows are not drawing as well. The entire company is not drawing as well as it was even a few years ago. So the assumption that well, let's just add another one to that, that those are immediately gonna gonna they might do well. I don't know. But for the the, the history that you're talking about, you know, the, the precedent of 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 C shows and the history that's going on right now, which is they're not drawing, you know, for the big shows, the big stuff, the things that they should be drawing for. I just have a tough time believing that 205 Live is going to. Another reason, too, is aesthetically, who is who's the target audience for 205 Live, Joe? Because that's what I've always, that's what I've said. From the beginning of this thing, I've never understood who would want to watch 205 Live. Because you and I should want to watch 205 Live. Hideo Itami, Rich Swan, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, Brian Kendrick, Jack Gallagher, Akira Tazawa. Like, those are guys that we love. Akira Tazawa, you know, these are guys that I enjoy. This roster I love. But I have no faith and I have no trust in 205 Live. So the roster doesn't mean anything to me. Those are all people that, that I did love, but I don't love their sanitized WWEized versions. So why would I, you know, I'm not a target audience, I don't think. I don't think I'm going to go to a show just because Akira Tozawa is going to be there if I know that I'm not getting Akira Tozawa at his peak, that I'm not getting Cedric Alexander at his peak, that I'm getting what I've been seeing on 205 Live, which is small guys do, you know, headlock-based offense because we don't want them to overshadow the big guys in the main event that do a lot of really fun dives and stuff. You know, because that's what it's all been. That's all 205 Live has been. I think we're we got these rose-colored glasses with what we've seen from the minute that 205 Live has come out. And most people understand this. But, but we've had some people say, oh, no, these are going to do well. And, oh, no, they're going to be fun shows and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. They might be. But there's nothing backing that. All I've seen from 205 Live is a lot of small guys doing shitty slow matches, shitty house show-style matches, safe and protected house show matches, and then slowly but surely get into goofy love triangle angles and goofy angles like that and clown suits and that sort of stuff. Because we saw it was like a pure wrestling show for a while. And then little by little, it's kind of become this sort of sideshow. And Enzo's there now and, and this stuff. And the Gulak stuff I enjoy. But again, that's not – it's entertaining, but it's not necessarily, oh, I'm going to go there to see a great show. You don't watch 205 Live to go, oh, man, here we go. Here's an hour of just awesome wrestling. It's fine. It's okay. But it's not an indie super show despite the roster. And I yeah, don't think these shows are going to be them either. You, you said it. You made. I mean, you just said it. It's two hundred five live is fine. The matches are fine. Um, you don't get great matches on two hundred five live. Sometimes you get a, a good match. You get matches that are fine. But you also get a lot of trash. You get, like you said, guys dressed up like clowns and love triangles and. Look, you know, people, you know, who are jacked up about this and excited and thinking they're, they're going to see, you know, the WWE equivalent of an indie super show or they're just automatically going to harken back for some reason to the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, I mean, buried deep. 
<laughs> You're not very, getting very, it. so much dirt. You're delusional. The Classic. It's over. It's never coming these matches, back. These matches might get a little more time. Sure. Okay, it's a small roster. They're going to have to fill the time. They'll probably have six or seven matches. That, you know, they'll make it 10, 11, 12 minutes per match or whatever. But you also have to remember, it's the same agents. It's the same company philosophy. It's the same house style. Why do you think you're going to go there and, and, and get Bola all of a sudden? You're not getting that. You're getting what you see on TV. Yeah, you're not getting apron Canadian destroyers and 450s to the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not. It's a company that stresses working safe, which right. is why 205 Live is what it is now. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'd be, I'd be almost willing to bet that they have a doctrine on the number of dives that can be done per match. Would that shock you at all? Oh, not at all. No. Similar to the number of pins saved, it's you not, can do even a if tag it's not, match. A, yeah, and even if it's not like spelled out or whatever, the agents kind of have it in their back of their head. Hey, you know, yeah. after that dive, don't you know? That's it for the dives or whatever. Where you know, it's not maybe explicit that you can only have X saves or whatever. Like you, like you always bring up the you know the X amount of like tag saves or whatever. But it's yeah. something that guys sort of they stress it a little bit, even if it's not. And then the, you just kind of become that after a while when you're so used to doing that and that's sort of your style. You don't even think about it. It's not, it's second nature just to say, okay, we got three dives or right, don't do any more than two dives or whatever, or they just sense it. Okay. We've had enough. And and that's, but yeah, the, the idea that, because people have in their head that, okay, well they, they've, you know, what they do on the TV is, is, is one thing, but man, when they come to the house show, you're going to get something different. You're not going to get anything different. The, the house shows are still house shows. And, and this idea that WWE house shows are some awesome, like work rate, amazing they're not they're they're a little bit better because they don't have commercial breaks but that's it it's still a house style you know i have a house show and they'll work they'll work the hard you know what i mean like they'll do the same shit that they would do if you go see a baron corbin versus whoever match it's not like all of a sudden he's gonna say well fuck those headlocks towards the hard cam i'm not doing any of that shit today he still does it because that's what he does they're training for tv they're training in the way that they know and and 205 live is they're not just gonna say yeah, agents, hey, let them do whatever they want. Yeah, April Canadian destroyers. Yeah, who fucking cares? Do whatever you guys want or super kicks all over the place. Kick out of everybody finishers. Like, you're nuts if you think it's going to be that. You're, you're nuts if they wouldn't get chewed out. If Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan went out there and had a match that was like that, they would walk backstage and get their asses so chewed out if they did that. It's, it wouldn't it's, happen. There's still a house style that must be adhered to. Right. And... Uh, you are look, like there's many people at this show. Like this idea that it's like just this rogue crew of two five live guys that are going to show up and say, "Oh, we're all good indie wrestlers. Let's go have a good indie." No, it's it's WWE production. There's yeah, WWE. It's... You know, everyone's there. Everyone's you know maybe Vince isn't sitting there in Gorilla, you know, scoffing at him or whatever. But all the agents are going to be there. It's going to get uh, back to look, him. Like, I'm not saying you're not going to get some good matches on these shows, but if you don't think you're getting comedy and you're getting the usual the same shtick that you get on TV, you're crazy. Um, you are far more likely. You are far more likely on these shows to get Rich Swan painted up like a clown doing an interference spot on Jack Gallagher, uh, you know, or something to that ilk, than you are going to get a four and a half star indie match. I mean, it just. I mean, come on, people. I and mean, that, that gets, yeah, go ahead. And that, that gets awesome. to my point about you know what audiences it serve, and that's my thing with Two Five Live. When I'm selling tickets to this. My, my audiences that I look at for, for 205 Live are your, your, your indie fans, your hardcore indie fans. And, and people will say, well, there's indie names on there. But I, my retort is, well, yeah, that's great. But like Hideo Itami isn't Kenta. He's, Hideo, he's WWE sanitized Hideo Itami. Rich Swan is not the Rich Swan that was in AEW, that was in DGUSA and Evolve and, and, and PW. He's 
WBI's Rich Swan. Cedric, I, was, I can go down the line and go through every single guy. They're all a different version. So yes, those names are all pretty impressive. And, and in a you know a fantasy booking and of 2014, yeah, those are all really great names and it'd be a really good show to have. But there has to be something more than that. It can't just people don't go to indie shows because the names are there. They go to indie shows because they know okay, X promotion gives me good cards. Here's who they book, and all those guys are awesome. But I know that if I go to this show. That's going to be good because if they booked a bunch of indie names and did a bunch of bullshit interference, a bunch of crap like that, you would stop. It wouldn't be the same thing. You know what I mean? If 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 PWG was a company that did you know House of Hardcore style, you know '90s angles or whatever, it wouldn't be what it is. You know, if AEW went out there and had you know, yeah, we booked Matt Riddle and Keith Lee and all that stuff, but all we do is you know roll ups and and you know shitty finishes and ref distractions or whatever. Eventually, people would stop going, regardless of those names. They would go, well, I'll go watch Matt Riddle in X because it's way better because they just give me what I want from the standpoint of an indie wrestling fan. And then the other side of the 205 Live audience that we're trying to figure out is, is your Gen Pop, your, your WWE Raw watchers, your Monday night, I turn on USA and I watch Raw. Why the fuck would they go to a 205 Live show? They don't give a fuck about 205 Live. <laughs> imagine, imagine somebody sitting on their couch and going, oh man, I live in Lowell, I can't wait, 205 Live's coming. Yeah, nobody's watching it. The only, <laughs> and that's why I say, this is circling back, the only reason you would go is Enzo. Enzo is over with a lot of those fans. Sure. Um, Enzo, you know, sells some merch. Enzo, you know, he, he gets pops. You know, he's been, you know, like you said, he was already uh, part of a successful act on the main roster. Um, so the, the, to me, these are a big test for Enzo. And Rich, I think you made the best point ever in terms of, you know, what kind of match quality people think that they're getting there in fantasy land when they think they're going to get some kind of different kind of match quality. Rich, what are the main events for these shows? Yeah, so so here's a little, just to, just to give you an idea, because we had we were discussing it on Twitter in our forums this or whatever. What yeah, because people were like, well, no, I think it's going to be this, and I think it's going to be this. And then like within six hours, they were like, nope, don't worry. It's not with any of those people. That... So according to PWInsider.com, uh, the Nia Jax-Enzo Amore angle that started on Monday's Raw, which was a weird, you know, they're going to fuck is what the storyline is. Uh, they started on Monday Night's Raw. We'll see Jax working 205 Live branded shows. The 205 Live events in January will be headlined by Kalisto challenging Enzo Mori for the Cruiserweight Championship with Nia Jax as the guest referee. I don't know about you, Rich. I'm settling in for some Bola-level classics on these shows. I got to tell you. I, and here's I, the other thing, too. So, so you got, um, you guys mentioned you have a day with Tommy Rich Swan, Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, Brian Kendrick, Gallagher, or whatever. Uh, the Lowell Show is also pushing two singles matches. Here are these hot take singles matches here. Cedric Alexander versus the Brian Kendrick and Rich Swan versus Jack Gallagher. Right. The clown feud. Right. So, yeah. Jack Gallagher, by the way, who now wrestles. Jack, Jack Gallagher. In, yes, that's what I said. Jack Gallagher. He yeah, now right, dresses okay. in dress clothes and dress shoes. And his whole gimmick is that he just slaps on holds. I mean – if you watch the TV, why would you think that you're going to get great matches on these? It's just you're you're going to get the they're, they're giving you the television feuds on these shows, which is exactly what this company does. And I don't even have a problem with that. But you should know better if you watch the show. You're getting you're going to get in a two and a half hour version of the forty eight minute television show, right? And, and for what it's worth, I don't care, and I don't mind, because I'm not going to go to these shows. And if it gets extra money in these guys' pockets, 
I'm all for it. It's great. So do it. Knock yourself out. I don't care. But just I want people to understand what the, what the thing is going to be. And when when they don't do well, it, it, it just know that that's kind of what's going to happen. That's why people yeah. were laughing at it when they announced it. Because it's like, oh, geez, like, these are really not going to do well at all. And and I'm all for them. I, hey, if it gets any more dollars in, in Gulak and Mises and Alexander all those guys' pockets, I'm all for it. That's very good. I want those guys to get it. And I'm sure it, it's not a com- – complete accident these sort of happened after the neville stuff you know what i mean like neville actually yeah. was pretty pissed about it you know austin Aries actually pretty pissed they probably heard and said okay look these guys are gonna get money maybe a few of these other guys kind of said hey is there anything you can do so that we can you know make some more money and they've come up with this idea so it's a great idea to get them more money but it's just it's not going to be successful <laughs> i mean there's just no way it is it won't unless be all history and, is, is yeah uh, yeah exactly unless it totally bucks history and uh it's not going to be successful and the shows, I have no reason to believe the shows are going to be good. Um, now, look, you might get a couple good matches on these things. If they throw a bunch of dudes, if they throw Mascara Dorada, whatever his name is now, and Lince Dorado, uh, Grand Metallic. Yes. If they go Grand Metallic and Lince Dorado and TJP, if they dust the mothballs off them, if, you know, and decide to stick them in a ring and, and put these guys in, like, there could be like a hot six man to open up these shows or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't deny that. But I mean, you just look at the rest of the matchups. It's television angles. It's television angles. It's going to be the same matches you get on the network. Um, so no, I'm not optimistic it'll be successful. I'm not optimistic that the shows will be anything, you know, anything special, despite the names that are on them. Um, now, do you think that this is sort of a do or die situation for that show and for that crew, where it's like, okay? We gave you guys a main roster star in Enzo Amore. Um, we featured you guys more on Raw. We're spending a lot of money on this little mini kids' table roster. Let's see if we can get a little return on our investment here because nobody's watching them on the network. Maybe we can make some money on the road with these guys. If not, can you see a bunch of these dudes getting cut if this tour doesn't work out? <sighs> Sadly, yes. Sadly, I think this might be a last ditch. Okay, what do we got here? Let's see if we let's see if we can let's see if we can get anything out of this because obviously it's not a, it's not successful on the network as you said. It's you know not successful live on Raws or whatever, which is again their fault in a lot of ways because of the way they they do it. But yeah, let's try to get something out of this. And I don't know, it 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 could just be a thing where last ditch effort, and then if it doesn't work, if it doesn't, you, you know, then yeah, I, I I hope it's not. I hope again, I hope they are successful because I want all these guys to keep their jobs or whatever. But it, it's still yeah, it. It, it it smells to me of we got to do something for these guys because they're you know they're complaining or whatever and it also smells of let's find if we got anything out of this and if we don't then we'll just cut bait on this because there's really there's really no reason for them to have it right now if we're really talking about it, like two five live what what it it does it serves no masters right now it doesn't end it does nothing for anybody and that's what no, I mean like it's, I, it's, I enjoy it it's fine at times but like it's really if I was the company would I look at the bottom line and I go what the hell are we doing here like what what is this I mean we're we paying for this. Let's really look at the history of 205 Live. Who has it gotten over? Um, I'd argue Neville got over on 205 Live. I think that's an yeah. easy one. Um, but he got frustrated and quit. <laughs> because, because the brand was going nowhere. Um, do, do, which, do you think Enzo is more over, less over, or the same since he's made the move? I would argue he's about the same. About lateral. Yeah, I mean, there was points where maybe a little bit more than he was when he was about done with. Because there was a while there where, where the like post-cast thing where it was just like, what the hell is that doing here? Made a good point. He did bottom yeah, out a little. He did bottom. So maybe he's up a little bit from that. But I, uh, from his peak, I think he's probably about level or maybe a little lower than his, his, his peak. I, 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 I don't but, think he's breaking out or anything like that. No, um, no, no. I, I think um, 
you know, he's just I mean, getting he a bigger push. Job. I think he's not like getting fired anymore, but you know, right. Um, you know, who else you look at, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that are just there, sort of your Mustafa Ali's your Cedric Alexander's, they're all, they're all a push. They haven't gone up or gone down as a result of the show. TJP's stock has dropped tremendously, even while he was champion. Who is that? I, I, I don't even know who that is. I've yeah, exactly. Who is that? I mean, no, from, <laughs> TJ, TJ point, what? From, from Cruiserweight Classic to now, I mean, you know, his stock couldn't have dropped any further. Um, you know, there's there's like one person ever, Jack Gallagher. I would argue his stock went up from Cruiserweight Classic to 205 Live. But again, it's kind of gone down since it's it went up. It's kind of petered. Yeah, it's definitely petered. It's, it's, you know, this is a guy that they stuck in the Royal Rumble last year. And then he kind of just it went nowhere after that. And now they've done a heel turn with him. And now he's just the Brian Kendrick's lackey. Um, so, you know, he got a little bit of bump from 205 Live very early on. Neville clearly uh, saw his stock rise. Other than those two, I'm failing to come up with anyone. You want to make an argument for which Swan? I, I, I don't uh, know. No, I really don't want he to. Was, you know, he, he was just, when he just got started, when he was just getting going in NXT and in the Cruiserweight Classic, he was over in full sail. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, I think everyone else is either a wash or, or their stock is down. The show has done nothing in terms of creating stars. Look, the two biggest stars are created walked out. Yeah. I mean, Austin Aries was doing <laughs> I mean, well on the show. You're not wrong. That's So yeah. the, the, the two guys who gained the most from that show are no longer with the company. And the one guy or, at best recovered what he had. Walked out, fired, whatever happened with Aries. Yeah. I don't know. But that, that, regardless, he's gone. And the other guy, we know, walked out. There's no conspiracy there. So now they're going to try with Kenta. Um, you know, we'll see. They're giving him vignettes. And they're, they're doing the slow build here. And, but here's the thing. If he ends up in a feud with Enzo Amore and it's centered around Enzo's bullshit, and that's not how Kenta is ever going to get over. Rich, how is Kenta going to get over? Kicking ass. Taking names. Kicking ass and having good matches. And that's not what you're going to do. Enzo is always going to be at the top. That, you know, it, it, this is going to go completely against what gets that guy over. And you think they would have learned that in NXT. Um, you know, he got his best reactions and everything else when he was just a no-nonsense ass kicker and he was himself and injuries got in the way. But feuding with Enzo Amore is not what that guy needs to get over. Um, I'll give it a chance. I'm, I, I'm not too optimistic. But yeah, you're right. I think that if... Now, it's been around a year now, almost exactly a year. To yeah, a right, almost, yeah we, we just passed the one-year anniversary a little bit ago. If this had been... Now and I and I'm calling it a failure. I mean, there's there's no metric you can look at to where this show's been a success. Um, if 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 this had been an extension of Cruiserweight Classic this whole time, even if no one was watching the show, let's say the viewership was identical, struggled to crack the network top ten. Um, no one really, no one got reactions on Raw. Everything was the same except the working style and the presentation was that of the Cruiserweight Classic, I would be optimistic that this little tour would draw. Right, because I think your indie fans would I think it would draw people like us. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it would draw people who listen to this show. And then if that's the case, I think it could do a good little indie number in the Mid-Hudson Civic Center and draw 1,500 of us. But like you're saying, what's the audience for this fucking thing? It doesn't have one, which is why I don't think it's going to be successful. 
All right, uh, I'll move on to uh, – we've got a few things to go here. You want to talk about Global League? Yeah. We'll go right down go how we have our notes. So I want to talk a little bit about this last week where we obviously we ran out a little bit of time, and we were able to uh, you know see a little bit more of the show as well. So it's, I think, a little bit better to do it. Uh, now I just said a little lot there. I don't know why I said it three times in one sentence. But anyway, no Global League. Uh, let's talk about the main event here, Kano versus Goshi Ozaki. It was the Global League final uh, main event of this show. You loved it. You talked about it on Twitter a lot. What did you love about this match? Because I enjoyed it as well, and I thought it was um, it, it, some stuff that you pointed out on Twitter that was just like one of the better matches, one of the better built matches, one of the better you know structural like, matches yeah, almost yeah, that you've seen I the entire that, year. And I'm right with you. I agree. Yeah, in terms of escalation, um, I thought it was one of the better main event matches I've seen all year in terms of of pacing and escalation. And I saw another match today which. Um, had great pacing, but didn't, but you know, didn't have the same. This, this just had from opening bell to closing bell, just it just sl- it was like a, a freight train slowly gaining steam, and it just heated up at the end. And it was just these guys did a tremendous job pacing it, and and I, I, I like a match with good escalation. I always that that that, that will, I will always be into that, and that's what we had here. And Cano, I don't know. How many people were picking him to win this tournament before this thing started? But before we talk about the match, I do think this is a pretty good sneaky piece of booking that they've done here with Cano, who last year was working as a junior, one of the guys they moved up to heavyweight. Um, you know, Noah the Reborn. They've still struggled this year. Early in the year, their identity was they were basically a shoot promotion. They were all beating the shit out of each other. We knew that couldn't. <laughs> that was awesome. But... It was awesome, but we knew it couldn't sustain. <laughs> That's sustainable. And, and it was not sustainable. Everybody would have been dead by now. Um, so they've kind of backed away from that. And as the year has gone along, they've Poor tried Kiyomiya. to. Yeah, Kiyomiya had run all over to Canada to get away from the beatings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, see, I want to talk about him in a minute too, but um, it's kind of like over the course of the year, They've kind of gotten away from that. They've tried a lot of different indie guys, like the Rattel group. Those guys have caught on, and they've gotten jobs. You know, Yohei, Hayata, um, uh, Tarasuke, those guys. Um, they've, they've tried some other people. They've, they've just throwing things against the wall to see if they stick. Your Cody Halls, your Leonas, um, you know, people like that. And, and, and it, they don't all work out, but they've tried different things. We've seen them move guys up to heavyweight, like Kano, um, like Kotoge. Uh, longtime juniors who they, they've moved up to heavyweight because they're, they're trying new people. The Nakajima thing did not work. He's a failed ace. I think everyone would agree with that. Um, obviously, he had very difficult circumstances around his title run. Um, uh, 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 you know, Noah at the lowest point that it's ever been in its history. And what they expect this guy to do? I mean, you know, what, he didn't have great opponents. It's, it's, it's a company just, you know, literally at the bottom of the barrel. But look, it is what it is. It didn't work out. He, he didn't even catch fire on a small scale. I mean, you, you, when you don't see any growth, it's time to move on. So they put the title on Eddie Edwards. Um, Edwards successfully defends against Marafuji, which was somewhat surprising to some. And um, now Eddie Edwards didn't even take part in the Global League. This was to establish his first challenge, uh, well, his second challenger, rather. Um, and Cano kind of comes out of nowhere. But when when you really look at it, Rich, I, I think it's... I think it's smart. I think he will beat Eddie Edwards. And I think by beating Go Shiozaki in the final, who was a perfect opponent for him to beat and overcome, a guy who has some credibility with the fans as a longtime star, a former GHC champion, all of those things, um, 
and 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 and, and a credible um, a longtime heavyweight star, and and Cano overcomes him in the final to win. And I think that, and then beating Eddie Edwards, which I expect him to do. Look, they're giving this guy a, a shot here, and I and I think it's pretty smart. I, I look, the, what's what's the harm in trying, you know? And if he doesn't work out, it, we have the guy that you mentioned in just a few minutes ago, Kiyomiya, who's still on his excursion in Canada, who I think clearly they're grooming to eventually give a shot to be the top guy. And I think they hope that he works out. I don't think Masa Kitamiya is ever going to be the guy. I don't see any sign. Well, then he did win the four way on this show, but um, I, 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 it seems to me like Kiyomiya is the guy that they have earmarked and they've kept him away from all of this this year. And I think they'll bring him back at a strategic point, whether it's, uh, you know, to challenge Kano, who knows, but I do think it's good booking to try someone else. Um, Eddie Edwards obviously isn't your long-term answer. Um, you know, they could go back to your Goshio Ozaki's, your Marafuji's, but is that really going to work? I mean, Marafuji might bump up business. You need to find a good young star to build around. Right. Someone new, You're, someone unique, someone different. You can't you go need to your Kento Miyahara is what you need. Yeah, exactly. You cannot go once again to the go. You can't once again go back to, to the Nakajima thing's not going to work. And now he's bizarre world Nakajima with his awesome goatee, which is the greatest thing in the world. Like, like pissed yeah. off Nakajima, like ah, fuck off. His, his, his molestash. He's got a molestash <laughs> yeah, now. He's got a porn stash. I enjoyed a lot. If he had that the whole time, maybe he'd be uh, more over. But uh, no, he's, like, he's like a guy. He's like a guy who's been married for like twelve years, and he just went through a divorce. But he hasn't been on the scene in like a decade, so he doesn't know what's cool anymore. You know, so he's trying out like this mustache. You know, he's hitting the bars with this really bad mustache. He doesn't know any better. That's what Nakajima's like right now. He's <laughs> this guy who's his, been champion for a year. His Mustang, <laughs> like, ladies. Yeah, he's, he's like, been oh. champ for a year, and now he's back in the mid card. He's like, he's like, sup, mid card guys. You know, I got my cool mustache. You know, but it's just not working. And they're they're snickering behind his back. And one day he's gonna look in the mirror and he's gonna say, "What the fuck am I thinking with this mustache?" You know, and he's gonna shave the thing, mm-hmm. just like the divorcee. You know, he's gonna. <laughs> I personally like the mustache. The I like the mustache, and I will you not know, hear any more of this slander. The guy's not right. gonna get laid. He's gonna <laughs> go home one night from the bar and be like, "What is wrong? What am I doing wrong?" And he's gonna always go, like, "Oh my, I can't believe I've been running around with this fucking mustache. This is awful." You know, that's the Nakajima mustache. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, so, I like so it. Kano, so Kano, <laughs> uh, a great match. Um, you know, I I thought Shiozaki was great here. Go Shiozaki, Rich is a guy who I really think he, to me, he's very similar to Hiroki Goto in that I think people take out his booking failures and they sort of extrapolate that with his talent. He's really good. I think he's an awesome pro wrestler. I really do. He just like go like Hiroki Goto. And, and really they, they, they came up at the same time in different promotions as, you know, as the young boys who were going to lead their companies, you know, Shiozaki with Noah, uh, Goto with, with, with New Japan, they were supposed to be the burgeoning young stars that were going to be aces, and it never happened for either one of them, and it's never going to happen for either one of them. I think that's safe to say. They're in their mid-30s now. They've been bypassed a million times by a million different people. Um, but I do think that has nothing to do with their bell-to-bell. I thought Shiozaki was fucking phenomenal here. And I think that was important. I think that's another reason why it was a perfect opponent for Cano because you've got this veteran guy who you know is going to deliver in a big spot and he's going to make Cano look like a million bucks. And Cano had to look like a million bucks in this match. He couldn't afford 
to not look like a million bucks in this match. Yeah, and I think one of the things that was interesting, and it, and it kind of had the same thought when I was watching this match as well, and, and Cano obviously was super impressive in this, and I think he's absolutely the right call uh, to go with now for, for the exact reasons you said. Try someone new, and the crowd was really behind him, and I think they're into the story of him sort of rising up this out of nowhere. This was the hottest quirk in crowd. Yeah, I didn't think I was watching Noah. For I had Noah. to make sure I was watching Noah for sure. I saw the green mat, and I was like, is, are, you, are you sure this is Noah? Because I haven't heard a crowd reaction like this in Noah in forever. But that's they because now they, they've had somebody that they can kind of came – not necessarily out of nowhere, but sort of came from the muck and sort of worked his way up slowly but surely. And they respect that story. Noah fans have always really respected that story of the guy who just kind of works his way up the ladder and gets there. So I think, yeah, they, they, they struck on something. Maybe, I don't know if they intended for it to work as well as it did, but damn, it worked really well. And, and they got a guy now. And it might not have been the guy that they thought they had, but you take it. If you got it, go for it. And that's um, one thing, obviously, you, you come away with that saying, Kano is the man. I mean, that is definitely a guy to... to, to Try it out. See what the hell happens. They have to build another star. They have to build, you know, young guys that they can reuse and guys that can be there for a while. So, so Kano's a great move. But uh, when I was watching, I, I came away similar to you that the Goshiozaki is just a guy that I really had to think about it. And I was trying to remember the last time I saw a Goshiozaki match, and I thought, oh, that sucked, or oh, that was no good. They're always good, and they might not go to greats. They might not be exceptional. They might not be match of the year. But there's never. I, I really can't remember the last time I saw a Goshiozaki match and just went, ah, that kind of sucked. You know what I mean? Like, he's, listen, I'll he, take him on my roster any day to week. And that's what I was going to say is he has now sort of fit a role, which I think is probably the perfect role for him in Noah, wherever he go, if he ever does go anywhere ever again. But I, I assume he's, he's Noah for life now at this point. But as kind of the gatekeeper, you said the Hiroki Goto, and I think that's an apt comparison as well, where it's like Goto is always that guy that, that you know – ever win the title again he's not going to main event a Russell kingdom or whatever but he's damn good to have you know get to the tournament final and then lose or get to the tournament final win and then lose the big match or, or, or do as a gatekeeper guy as like that next step up guy i think goshi he's perfect for that role because he's going to make the guy look like a million bucks the guy's going to look awesome by surviving the chops and surviving the kicks and surviving the onslaught of goshi or whatever and then that guy moves on and they had beaten a guy that you know despite whatever you want to say about his booking Goshizaki still has some cachet in that company. Beating Absolutely. him is still a big deal, even though at the end of the day they can't really main event with him and the crowd maybe doesn't think of him as like the guy or whatever, but beating him is still a big deal in that company. That's still a guy. And so, so Kano beating him was like a, a, a torch passing moment and Go made him look like a million bucks. And it's like, that might be the role. I mean, when, when Kiyomiya comes back, that's the guy that I would have him you know, build up for a match against Goshizaki and he beats Go and then he's ready to go. You know, for lack of a better term. So yeah. I, 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 I really, yeah, I was thinking about that while the match was going on. I was like, you know, Goshizaki's really good. It's just we, we, we bash him and we kind of roll our eyes because Noah didn't work out. He left. He went to all Japan. That didn't kind of work out. And we kind of laugh at him or roll our eyes at him in, in some sense. But he's a great worker. And we kind of confuse that too much. He is a great worker. And, and it's, it's, it's like the Goto thing where booking, like, because they're not booked as, as superstars, people kind of, it bleeds into how people assess their work. And I don't think that's fair. I mean, you know, you could be, you know, a jobber and be a great, a great wrestler, you know, I, and, and, you know, I could, I could look at someone like Brad Armstrong is the example I always use. The guy was a great wrestler, but he was never pushed. That's okay. He was still a great wrestler. Um, you know, and, and go Shiozaki. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, he had to beat someone credible and he did. Nakajima, I, I, I don't get the sense they're giving up on him. I kind of think they're just putting him in hibernation. Because if you look at the Global League results, he had a draw with Kano. Okay? I think it's interesting that they didn't just have Kano beat him. Don't you think there's something to that? <sighs> I understand it was the opening night. Yeah. 
But look, if you're just going to go all in with Kano here, why doesn't he just beat Nakajima? What if there's ever a time where you don't need to protect Nakajima? It's right, right, now. right, right. If you're there, yeah, yeah. No, I think he's always, I think he's always going to be a guy that they're going to kind of keep. I think maybe he's never going to be the man again, or at least not for right now. But he's a guy that you don't want to immediately. You want to have him be a challenger. You know what I mean? A Nakajima yeah. challenge when Kano eventually, you know, assuming that Kano beats Eddie Edwards, it's good to have that Nakajima match afterwards. Okay, well, I was the last champion, so here you go. And then maybe Kano beat, and then that's another sort of rite of passage for Kano or whatever. But maybe it's a good idea to keep him because you don't want to just nuke everything for Kano. I don't know if he's quite at that level yet. It's not like the Miyahara thing where I was in all Japan. I was like, yeah, Miyahara can beat everybody because he's obviously the man. He's a step above everybody and really establish him. I don't know if you want to do that with Kano just yet. No, no, no. You don't have to do that with right, Kano. Right. And you have to give him things to overcome still. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's and not a man. And, and, and here's the other thing, too. We're working under the assumption. He's yeah, he could just be fed to Eddie Edwards and lose. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm just working on that assumption. I, wouldn't, it, I would not do that. That's a logical idea, sense. But... I think he should beat Eddie Edwards for sure. But how's this for a wild card? Okay. Eddie Edwards' contract is coming up with TNA, and we all know that at this point now, they are no longer spending money. Right. Um, they were spending money briefly when Jarrett was still around. Now it's just cost-cutting mode left and right. Maybe a guy like Eddie Edwards doesn't resign with with Impact or whatever the case may be. And maybe he'll be he, on a, at worst, he'll be on a, a date by date thing where he comes once a month to Canada and, and tapes all the shows or whatever. Could you see him being a Noah full timer if NXT isn't interested? If ROH and now I think NXT and ROH would trip over themselves to get out of here. I think oh, Eddie and, Edwards, as they should, yeah. But but you know I I could see you know so. That could be a little wild card here, but now I'm just grasping his straws. I think Kano wins the match. When I look at his results, the only person he lost to in this tournament was Yuko Miyamoto. I mean, he beat uh, Masato Tanaka. Uh, he beat Kotoge. Um, and then he beat some other you know, lower mid You know, He beat Kazuma Sakamoto, another outsider who you know I think had two points for the entire tournament. Um, Quiet Storm, you knew he'd beat a guy. Even though Quiet Storm's a tag champ now, you knew he'd beat a guy like that. Akatoshi Saito, he beat him. But that's why I say the draw with Nakajima, I mean, that's why I think they're not quite done with him yet. I think they view Nakajima as a guy where, okay, he had this failed run here, but maybe if we just do something else with him for a year, year and a half, two years, maybe when the company's stronger, we can we can uh, go back to that. Rich, how old do you think Katsuhika Nakajima is? Uh, isn't he 37? You would think, right? No, is he not? I swear he was 30. 29 years old. Oh, he's, he's still not. not. Even no, he's been wrestling since 2000. Yeah, this I forget. He wrestled that, when he was like 12, so I forget about that. This is a guy where no matter how many times you look up his age, he's he's still never 30. I was going to go with like early 30s, but then I was going to be even wrong too. So that's He's like Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate has been 19 for five years. <laughs> right. You know, Nakajima has been... 29 years old for a decade. I mean, he made his debut when he was 14. Kano's 32. You know? So you kind of lose sight because Nakajima's been around forever. Um, that he's still not even 30 years old. It's terrifying. <laughs> You're lying. That's not true. But, uh, but yeah, so I I, I think Kano wins. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, Kiyomiya, obviously. Um, you would think they would have some long-term designs for him. Do you want to blow through the rest of this card? Um, I don't know, blow through it. Like, blatant disrespect to Noah the Reborn. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. No, we can't because there's, there's a show. Uh, there's a match on the show that I really, really enjoyed. But, yeah, let's, well, let's run the break card down the card. How about that? All right, let's do it. And we'll start at the top. The Backbreakers, Hajime O'Hara and Hitoshi Kumano, one of my favorite tag teams in the company. Uh, they defeat Leona and Yoshinari Ogawa. Um I have two thoughts here. Number one, Yoshinari Ogawa, 
is he the best opening match wrestler in the world? He never gets out of the opening match. That's his role now. That's never, fine. Yeah. But he's still awesome. He never ceases to be awesome. Um, I can't think of a better consistent opening match wrestler. He's 51 years old, Rich. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's... But he's, but I mean, you know, people talk about old, whether it's Negro Casas or uh, a Satoshi Kojima, who's what is he like 47 now or something like that. Minoru Suzuki. I think he's like 49. You know, they talk about all these old wrestlers who can still go. Why does this guy's name never come up? Because he's an opening match wrestler. He probably has right. no interest in being pushed. Jushin Liger is another one people talk about. 50 years old. Another guy with no interest in being pushed. This guy just doesn't want to be put. And here, here's the thing, I think. I think here's the thing with Ogawa. Okay, he kind of had the gold watch uh, GHC you know, title win or whatever. I don't think anybody really considered him ever at any point the ace of anything. That's the thing. He's an opening match guy. So a lot of people are probably skipping his matches. And he was never the man. And he was never even a huge star. You know what I mean? So it's like I think those are the contributing factors as to why he doesn't get this old man credit that a lot of these other guys get. But I don't know about you. I never skip this guy. If I'm sitting down to watch a Noah show, I watch the Ogawa match. Guy's awesome. Yeah, you know you're going to get 10 minutes of sound work, and that's all that matters. And he's going to be and a sneaky little bastard, too. Yeah, he's going to be a sneaky little fucking asshole the whole time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't see it in this match, but I mean, there's times where he's... Hair. Yeah, he's, he's just a... He very clearly gets grumpy sometimes. He had that match uh, against Jay White on the uh, on a Lions game oh, show. Oh, yeah, oh my god. I mean, he's just vicious, you know? <laughs> that, was you know? A, that was a shoot. That was no match, Joe. That was a shoot. <laughs> sometimes he gets like that. I love my man Ogawa, you know? I forgot he was beating and the fuck out of poor little Jay. <laughs> yeah, and he's got that Mike Krzyzewski, Tony LaRusa thing where he he's always – and Arn Anderson, he's the, he's been the same age for 20 years, Ogawa. Like, he doesn't age. Yeah, you watch, like, 91 like, All Japan, and it's like he looks identical. There's nothing different about he it He looks all, exactly yeah. the same. It's, it's incredible. My other thought with this was uh, Leona is still fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> One of these years. One of these years. No, We've no, been doing no, the no. show for six years, and I swear to God, the Leona sucks thing has been a uh, thing. No, he's hopeless. And my other favorite thing was the last big show that they had. Um, he, he worked the whole tour. They brought his old man in for the match, and he lost anyway, which I just <laughs> thought was hilarious. They didn't even, like, put him over in the match. And the other thing – and when he took the fall in that match, like, his father could have made the save. Like, he wasn't <laughs> – didn't bother. Like, you know, sometimes, like, someone's holding their leg on the – you know yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. every Japanese tag match finishes – Guys getting pinned. All your partners are being held by the leg, and they can't escape to make the save. He wasn't being held by anybody. He was just kind of peering through the ropes. And he didn't even save his son, which I thought was fucking hilarious. This match, Leona is the master of the shit finish because in this match, he's wrestling the backbreakers. I think anyone who's never seen a Noah show can reasonably deduce what their finisher is. Okay, okay. So they've got Leona up in this backbreaker, but Leona's so bad. That it, it looked more like a stomach breaker because he, he wasn't even <laughs> not ideal when you're taking a back breaker. Ideally, you land on your back, but you know he's so unathletic that he couldn't balance himself like on his side, like you know the old Lex Luger torture act, and he would take the jobbers and bend them in half. Yeah, right. It's a good looking move when it's done properly with an ath- with an athletic opponent. Leona though is such a klutz, and he's so terrible that it was like he was laying like. Stomach first on top of, I think it was Kumano who got the fall. And he's giving him this back break. And he's just, he's so bad. Like he's, 
he's so bad that he's he's he crosses the point from being a distraction and he crosses into being entertaining because he's such a horrible pro wrestler. I don't know if there's a worse major league pro wrestler. We picked on Jinder Mahal a lot. Jinder Mahal is way better than Leon. Like it, yeah, well, and Jinder Mahal has the look down too. Leona looks true. like Leona looks like shit. looks like the son of <laughs> Fujinami who was booked for the show. Fujinami looks up. better yeah. than him at, at fucking sixty or whatever. He I know. Is. Yeah, but he looks like the like we needed an extra guy and like you know. <laughs> you know what he, I'm going to tell you what he here, looks like. So let's, let's have him come. Like yeah, right. I'm going to tell you what he for, look. There's probably a lot of people listening to this segment that do not watch Noah. We don't do Noah regularly. Right. And if they, and we've already spent five minutes on the opener, and we're always talking about Leona. And there's probably a lot of people who've never seen Leona and never will. I'm going to tell you what Leona is. He is a 605 jobber. Yeah, remember those the, the jobbers they would use on yeah on, yeah, oh, on yeah, yeah yeah he's a, he's a, he's a multi yeah yeah beer belly awful mustache bad haircut terrible worker that's leon that's what he is he's all of those things it's amazing to me that even with the name that they booked this guy i mean i he's just horrendous and like i'm not a body guy but he just looks like a dude you know what i mean like yeah. you, you know like you gotta at least have like something he just looks he's like, not even in good shape for an accountant he's just i don't know what he is what i mean he looks like like i think i am in better shape than leona and that's not good you should, and if I, he could the, work the, a little i wouldn't care Exactly. But, Chris Hero can look whatever he looks like if you're if you're Chris Hero. But if you're gonna work like shit, at least you know, at least look like Jinder Mahal. You he know, can't even work a little. I mean, he's he's a hundred percent useless. Right. His dad has more muscle definition, as you were saying. His dad is what sixty one. <laughs> so it's like his dad's in better shape. I, I you know, he's not even in good shape. Still a better worker. <laughs> he brings nothing to the table. Maybe if he looked good and worked like shit, I can see it. If he looked like shit and worked good, he's just. Totally useless. Akatoshi Saito and Maseo. Speaking of guys who can't work, Maseo Inoue <laughs> defeat Cody Hall. You better not say that about the uh, first guy. You're going to get in trouble. If you- oh no, 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 you're good. You're good on it. Oh, Saito, he stinks. No, you're good. I mean, every good, now good. and then he can bring it. And then, and they defeat Cody Hall and Sheldon Gene. Rich, this match was really bad. Um, there <laughs> oh, was really? nothing. Who would have thought with this. those names? With those names, you you really would have thought. They would have delivered here, but yeah. I mean, when, when you can make a reasonable case that Cody <laughs> Hall was the best guy in the match, and I don't think he was. I would gun to my head. Look, Saito still brings it. Last year in the Global League, I thought Saito had an excellent 2016 Global League. Believe it or not, um, in fact, he had a really good match. I think against Lance Hoyt, if I'm not mistaken. He had good matches against some other people too. But anyway, um, you know, if you can even argue that Cody Hall is the best guy in a match, because Cody Hall is not good. Um, Maceo, in a way, is totally useless, and he's been totally useless for 15 <laughs> Has he ever had a good match? Like, he's never been good. Now, people like, will like, tell Is you, there one good match that he's ever had in your life? Because I'm going back and watching some old Noah, and I went through a lot of the old, you know, All Japan or whatever. I don't think I ever saw him in a good match. Okay, Rich. Um, I, there is a um, – I got in trouble for this because I said okay. the same thing on Twitter, and I got dogpiled by a bunch of geeks – with uh, with with Kanji and their usernames, um, you know the geeks I'm talking about. I do because uh, they they were insisting that his uh, he had a um, a triple crown challenge against um, shit. I'm blanking on the match now. Well, either way, that was like 15 years ago. If that's our shining example of you know he's good match, I don't know if that's it was. Uh, maybe it wasn't a triple crown. It was. Um, it may have been a so, Noah I'll match. I'll do a little match here and see. It was a uh, Noah match. It was a Noah challenge against um, – um, why am I blanking on this? Um, 
but it was but it was Maceo in a way. So it was it was a gimmick. It was like gimmicky. Um, it was he was using like uh, um, quick roll ups. He was holding the tights. Um, um, he was uh, he was trying to cheat his way to victory. I got I got a GHC heavyweight against Junakiyama in two thousand six. Um, that is it um, as far as single titles. It looks like yeah, that's it. So the rest are tags. Yeah. And- uh, tournaments, heavyweight title the, tournaments, but those I'm not counting those. That's also oh, the there was a Kento Kobashi people, match too in 2009, which I'm sure. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, that was no. a hardcore open weight. I apologize. I, yeah, I was going to say he never challenged Kobashi. It was the it was the Akiyama match. It was uh, the Akiyama match. I think it was Budokan. Um, it was Budokan Hall, right? Uh, sorry, just closed out. Let me uh, fire it up again. I'm pretty sure da, it was. Da, 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 I lost it. it. I lost it. Uh, in Budokan, yes, yeah, in uh, Spring Navigation 06. In, yeah, uh, and then it, it was Kobashi Marafuji, I believe, was the semi-main event. Um, I don't remember much else about the show. Kenta, Kenta, the, uh, Kenta and uh, Ishimori was the. Uh, there, there you go. And then Kobashi and Marafuji underneath that. Kenta Ishimori was probably a junior title match. Um. I'm guessing anyway. Okay, I'm I think Kobashi right faced Marafuji on that show because I remember the Kobashi no, I Marif- said that. I Kobashi Marafuji. Yeah, sorry, maybe I, I, I got mixed up there. It was, Kobashi Marafuji. Yeah, it was it was it was Kobashi Marafuji, just a singles match, straight singles. So match. Anyway, this in a way match against Junakiyama <laughs> is sort of a it's like a cult favorite among okay. the hardest of the hardcore geeks. Like, but it was not a good match. It was. It, I, I'm not going to watch it, but I'm, and, I'm sure. No, no, <laughs> real time. In real time, nobody liked it. I mean, there's there's <laughs> I'm not gonna a watch. segment of people now who claim that it was good, but it was not. But to answer your so question, regardless, if that's your example, 11 years ago he had a match that some people found were, was okay. Then no, he's always sucked. And then I'm gonna say he's always sucked. So. Against Junakiyama in a main event. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm pretty sure I could have a decent match against Junakiyama. A matter of fact, Rich, I could probably have a better match against Junakiyama in a main event than this guy had. It just it wasn't it wasn't. At least he'll take better falls. I think he'll you know you know. The reason people better. like the match. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not watching it. So the reason really people like yeah. the match is because it was so different. You know, Noah at the time. You know, it, it, was, it, was, such a, it was actively bad, which is you know good because a stoic, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Noah it was, was so a, good at that era. It was great when there was a shitty match. Yeah, you know, Masawa, Kobashi, and Akiyama throwing yeah. people on their heads, having these serious forty-minute title matches. Yeah, Kenta Marufuji emerging, Ishimori and flying. Yeah. Masao Inoue with his dumb face. <laughs> His dumb his square body. I just hate the, the shape of his body. It just he's another me. guy who's always looked the same. And like he finally got a title match, and it was kind of like this this like uh, gimmicky thing. And it, it's hard. It's a hard match to describe. Like I said, it was just it was him. It was kind of like a not all that much different than the Yano match, to be honest yeah. with you. What I remember so, of it. Gonna, um, <laughs> and it was not good. But there's people. I remember when I was ripping on Maceo Inoue on, on Twitter and, and someone said, oh, yeah, well, he had the best match in Noah history. And I'm like, oh, just shoot. You know? <laughs> take your Kanji username and just dive in a pit of fire. I can't take it anymore. Um, but, yeah, so. Um, he's had those fucking horrible sideburns for like 15 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's not like, even. What does he do when he goes to, like, the barber? He's like, ah, you know, he just walks in and. And gets the in a way. They're like, all right, we got you. Like, you know, there's just nothing redeeming about the guy. One day he um, doesn't decide he wants to change it. You know, what? no, change the sideburns. I'm done with them. I'm ready to move on. But no. And he's one of the guys who got cut when they were going through financial issues. I guess about '09 or so. And um, he still comes in like Saito as a freelancer from time to time. And this match was terrible. I don't know who Sheldon Gene is. 
Um, but I'm not really interested in seeing him anymore. I think he he's a Scott the Moore guy. Um, it makes sense because I think he's Canadian. Um, but yeah, it was really really bad. It might have been. I'm trying to think. Was it we the worst? Too much time. <laughs> was it the worst major league? It may have been the worst major league match I've seen this year. Where, wow. where people where they were trying where they were trying to have a good match. Oh, I'm okay, not talking okay. about I'm not talking about a two minute TV match that has a DQ finish. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about a, like a match where the where the goal is to have a real match. This might have been the worst major league match I've seen all year. Um, next up was another tag match at Sushi Kotoge and uh, Taiji Ishimori defeat the Rattels team of Hayata and Yohei. Um, Hayata and Yohei, I want to talk about them for a second. I think that um, I'm glad that they signed. These are Dove Pro guys. Okay. I'm glad that they signed. I'm glad that they have a, uh, a NOAA contract. I'm glad that they are full-timers. But I do have to say, the last few shows that I've seen, they've been exposed to some extent. They won the junior tag titles back in September October. I think it was October um, on a Corkin. No, no, no. They won the titles in on the um, on a Corkin, but in the summer. Because I think High 69 and Taiji Ishimori were the champs. Yeah, that's correct. I'm looking it up now. Okay. Yeah. Um, they've had a couple title defenses since then. The one thing I've noticed about uh, Hayato and Yohei is, to me, they've been exposed since they've, they've been full-time with Noah. They do some pretty flips with a Z, and they've got some fancy high spots, and they work, uh, you know, a, a solid pace and uh, uh they're your typical flippy juniors but their matches never have any fluidity to them their matches never tell a cohesive story and they 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 I, I hate to use this term but they're spot monkeys and i think i think they'll get better as they work with better people in noah yeah i hope they hang around for that very reason because i think that'll help them a lot because the talent's there you can see that there's something there it just needs a little refinement yeah i mean they, they, they have the tools but you can see that look, they're indie guys, is what I'm getting at, and 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 that's not necessarily, you know, I mean, you know, Yohei of course has the uh, Dragon Gate training and all of that, and and he was one of the people who, one of the guys who took the fall for the monkey incident and all that, um, and now he's just kind of been around the indies. Um, I think he's in his late twenties, uh, but but you know, this is. Despite the fact that Noah's not doing great business, it's still pro wrestling Noah. And there's a different standard. And it's been interesting to me that I, I, I was high I was much higher on these guys before I've seen them work several matches now in Noah at the top in their division. They just they're they're not as refined as the other people on the roster. I might take a beating for saying that, but um that's just honestly how I feel. I think that um Kotoge and Ishimori uh, beating them here. The thing about this show is, I think there were several results that are that are um, setting up title matches, right? I mean, because we saw um, several champions lose, including these guys, in non-title matches. So I guess we're going to see, uh, or I guess I could assume we're going to see Katoge, but Katoge is working heavyweight lately, so maybe not. Um, so I don't know. It was kind of odd to see the junior tag champs lose, though, right? I mean, I. I 
you know, Katugi's a heavyweight. Yeah, it was weird. And I, I know that um, Ishimura was then later in the uh, in the month going to face uh, Mike Bailey. Uh, you know, he's the X Division champion, Ishimura. So I, maybe it was something like that. Where they, but uh, who cares about the X Division? You know what I mean? Like, I, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe they just think Ishimura is on another level and that he shouldn't lose to those guys. Well, Kato- I guess because there was a heavyweight on one side. That's true. Yeah. But Ishimura got the pinfall, though. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's strange. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Sorry. Manuro Tanaka took on, I'm not saying Hiroki, high 69. <laughs> I wasn't Hiroki. I don't get it. Did you like this match? Um, that was all right. Yeah. No, it was fun. Yeah. High 69 is gear. Yeah. Oh. I, know he's, I know he's wearing the gear that Ishimori wears or tag corner. I don't get it. No one's told me that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why is it? How is it a I was six gear, and a nine. <laughs> make Ioki. I don't get it. The gear has got to go. I mean, I like well, him as a worker. I mean, it's I high have. But no, I mean, then you lose high 69, right? But why is it that that gear <laughs> doesn't look as bad he's on Ishimori? Like shit, but he's got to look like shit because he's high 69. But it looks like shit on him. It doesn't look like shit on Ishimori. It's confusing to me. Uh, but there you go. So uh, Heat knocks off uh, high 69. Uh, four-way. Okay, this was interesting. Masa Kitamiya wins a four-way over Katsuhiko Nakajima with his porn stash. Masato Tanaka, who worked the whole tour. And Takashi Sugira, who just returned from heart surgery. Okay? But these are three big names. And they gave Kitamiya the big win. So, you've got Kano winning a title. You've got Kitamiya obviously setting him up for something yeah. here. And then you've got Kiyomiya returning from Canada, presumably at some point. So... Maybe they're laying the foundation here for, you know, early next year. Give some of these guys a shot. So, um, you know, that that was my takeaway here. No, I thought that was really telling that he got the win, though, out of all those guys. I mean, that's, yeah, I you know, obviously it. Tanaka was not going to get the win. But, I mean, Segura coming back from heart surgery. Yeah, you would assume that. But, like, Nakajima, not, you know, I thought he would for sure win. And then when I saw uh, Kitamiya win, I, I love Kitamiya. I don't know if he's, like you said, you mentioned a little bit earlier. I don't know if he's, like, the guy. But I think he can be one of the guys, so that makes sense. Like I don't, I don't see him being a guy that has a long reign with the title. But I think he's a guy that you can build up to that main event level. I don't think he's that guy that will then hold the title for a year or whatever. But he can be a, a frequent challenger. You know, you know, I, I, I like the look, I like the style, I like how he works. But yeah, it's, it, I, I think, you know, it, it was telling that he won this match, and I think there is something to it. It's, it, there's got to be. You know, it, it's not they don't just randomly decide that he's going to win this match with those guys in it. You know, Nakajima would win if you were just like, ah, whatever, let's get out of here and, and do it. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. And he said a little little building box in some ways. Match number two, which will surely set up a, uh, with champions losing, but this one will surely set up a title shot. As uh, the uh, Funky 50 powers there lose to Maybach Tanaguchi and Naomichi Marafuji. I would think that Maybach and Marafuji are getting a, a title shot off of this. Otherwise, you're just burying your champs. So, um, in fact, I think that's already been announced if I'm not mistaken. But um, look, I like Yone and Quiet Storm. You know that I do. I've enjoyed all of their matches. In fact, uh, the match where they won the title, let me dig into my notes because I wasn't really prepared to talk about this. Because um, I'm sure you didn't see it. Oh, the, beat, yeah, uh, the match where they won? I don't, yeah, I don't think I did. Um, Actually, I don't even think it was that. It was the uh, 10-1 match against Shiozaki and Katoge. I went four and a quarter on that. Wow, okay. Yeah. So the uh, Funky Powers have been having a decent little year here. Um, so they're the and chance I, I now. Like, I like Maybach these days. I don't know. I, is that a, a hot-ish take? But I, no, I it's not. Every, everybody has said he's had a good year. So you're yeah, not making really a hot 
Why? I don't know if he was like trying to work the gimmick a little too much or what the hell was going on, but he's like a completely serviceable worker now. It's you hard. are cold take Creech. Okay, I know, everyone is saying it. No, um, you're not doing anything innovative, or uh, you're not standing out here. No, all right, pal. So I was. Uh, so you're wrong. No, but, I, didn't know, uh, I didn't know. that was yeah, so. good now. So okay, I didn't know that. I didn't get the memo. Yeah. I wasn't. I, um, I I missed last month's meeting, so I guess I didn't. I didn't know. So sorry. that was the Yokohama show where they won the titles from Katoge and and Shiozaki. Okay. And Katoge and Shiozaki, um, the the match where they won the titles, which I believe was in August, yeah, where they beat Maybach and Marafuji. I thought Katoge looked like a million bucks in that match. Katoge is a guy who everybody picks on. I I I. I, I I like Katoge a lot. I, I like this idea of this guy who moved up from the juniors. He gets his ass kicked by all these bigger heavyweights. He's a masochist. He's with the fucking headbutts and putting his body on the line. I think he's got the best long-term. And when I say long-term, I mean years long. Like when he first came in the company, he's a guy who Kenta would just beat the shit out of in undercard matches. Like, and, and, uh, and, 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 and he was always with, uh, always getting his head busted open. And he's a guy who his story has always been that he's an underdog. And now that he's a, undersized heavyweight it plays right into his story he takes a beating um you know literally and figuratively but um but katoge is a guy I like but um just wanted to squeeze that in there what do we have next here i think we're uh what do we got the junior title junior. match and then that's yeah, it, right? i fucking love this match i fucking thought this uh, match was awesome that was my favorite match in the entire show this was really good i don't know it was just like it had a, a lot of really fun sequences um some guys going nuts like a lot of hard chops and like they had a really good sequence too where like both people started just chopping each other and they just got too tired when they both like fell down but like they both yeah it was it was cool because they like obviously they're they're buds and they, you know they're stable mates or whatever so it was one of those sort of respect ish matches but it's those are sometimes your best ones in, in, in japanese wrestling where it's not you know sometimes in in, in america will do like if they're friends they'll kind of like tiptoe around it or whatever or in japan you want to just like beat the fuck out of your friend to prove that you're stronger than him or whatever so i really like that because i thought this was yeah it was a lot harder hitting than i thought it was going to be and and really yeah i, I enjoyed this i think it was far and away my favorite match on the entire card i really like the kanogo shiozaki but man i just i, I like the better so, in the main event i think so yeah i really did when wow. it was all said done i was like holy now fuck, that's that a was... hot take my friend yeah and i guess part of it was because i didn't maybe expect it to be as good like i'm just kind of like all right whatever here we go and i'm like holy fuck this thing is going and like it, it got a lot of time and and it was it was hot and it got the crowd going as well so so credit to those guys i thought you know they came in kind of cold and, and and went away with the, the crowd going absolutely nuts for them so uh, more power to them, and they're both guys, you know. Obviously, that that could uh, hopefully they hang around as well. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they will. I mean, Tat, uh, Tarasuke is part of the roster now, so he's not right. Going right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forget but, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the guys that signed, so you don't have to worry about him. Going I forgot. I forgot he was one of the signing ones. Okay. Good. Good. I didn't expect him to uh, to win the match, but I I watched it unspoiled, and they they did have me fooled. Um, yeah, there was a time when he was he was getting up, and that, and that was a cool story too, because it was one of those ones where it was like, nah, there's no chance this guy's gonna win, and he he proved himself. I mean, by the end of the time, you're like, all right, maybe it's because I watched it unspoiled as well, and I was like, there's no way, I mean, there's no way he's gonna win it, but they got you, and they got the crowd invested in that too. The crowd was was rooting for him, you could tell, to win that match and and really get the big upset here. So it was it was kind of cool to see that. It was a fun little story match, and and I thought it was it was yeah. I mean, when you get the Noah crowd excited, you're you're doing something right, and it didn't end until the main event kept it up too. So. Yeah, good crowd all night. Harada is another guy that people get bored with, but I think he's solid as fuck too. Oh I got yeah, yeah, no problem with that guy. I've I've enjoyed him over the years, and this was a uh, much better match than I was expecting it to be. That's for sure. But I didn't I didn't think it could touch the main event. I mean, the main event. I think I went. A lot of people have you know are are saying that uh, 
it might crack their end of year top ten. That main event. Yeah, and, and that I wouldn't be. I would be shocked. I mean, that's, that's... Um, no. I mean, I went four and a half. It's not really going to reach that level for me uh, in, a, in a loaded year. But um, I, I don't see. I, I don't. It, what it's not even my Noah match of the year, but that's not a slight because I was just. I thought that Nakajima Brian Cage match was just so fucking great. I mean, that has a chance to make my top ten. Believe it or not, that Brian Cage Nakajima probably won't. But uh, you go four and three quarters on something. And it's got to at least be in the conversation, but this is just a ridiculous year. Um, but yeah, uh, probably for me, um, the second best Noah match of the year, Kano Shiozaki. So uh, that's your uh, that's your Noah Global League final. Yeah, I felt, I felt good to talk some Noah. I like that. That's good. A little green mat. That's, that's, what, uh, a draw like 1,300 or something? Uh, last, right? Yeah, I closed the window, so I don't know exactly. But yeah, I think somewhere around that range. So I don't think I'm far off. I mean, They've been a fun About little 13 this year. We, we kind of, it's weird. Noah goes through these little phases and whatnot. So obviously you have your original Noah, which is, 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 you know, such a big deal. And there's this company that just rises out like a Phoenix and does awesome. And then you have your, you know, post Kobashi era. And it's kind of, then you have like, but they've kind of gone through these different roller coasters or whatever. And it feels like we're kind of charting a new path with Noah, which I like. We're done with like the Suzuki new Japan one. We're done with like, Oh God, how do we pick up the mess after the new Japan thing is over? And, and we still, we, you know, they came, they went, they did nothing. It was not successful, whatever. You know, where do we go now? What do we do? And like, they seem to kind of have a, a path right now. It's kind of fun to get in on them now. You know what I mean? Like, and the yeah, I mean, no- business, business still stinks. No, it does. And it's going to take a while, but they're, they're, yeah, but here's the thing, the bell, to bell, and I said this when I was watching the show. I really can I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you more three or three, I couldn't give you more than three or four promotions that I think I enjoy watching more than Noah. I like the roster. All the matches are good. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it all the shows deliver. Um, it, it, you know, it's 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 very rare that um, I watch a Noah show and the important matches don't deliver. I just I always enjoy, I, I enjoy what they're doing. Um, so from that percent now, now the now business still stinks. Um, the Yokohama show actually did a little better than expected. Let me look up the uh, the Yokohama show that was on uh, ten. The last big Yokohama show was at ten one. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me. Let's see. The it's one thing I didn't. I got it. Okay, go ahead. The Great yeah. Voyage in Yokohama. They did you know twenty two seventy four. I mean, it, it, they're still not drawn. Still not doing any business. Um, that's the problem. You know, if we're talking about a thirteen hundred Corrigan being an encouraging sign, they're they're still not doing any business. But again, they just they've got to find a young star. I mean, that's the key. Nakajima just didn't just didn't connect. Yeah, they're almost a promotion that I kind of find if they weren't like if they weren't named Noah, if they were like a new promotion that had new names during all these different periods yeah. or whatever. I wonder what it would because you know what I mean like we we when we hear the word Noah we think okay Akiyama and Kobashi and Masao and it's like okay that, no that's that's it's not that like you talk about it with Ring of Honor all the time where we watch current Ring of Honor under the scope of oh man Ring of Honor used to be awesome and now it sucks and it's Correct. like Noah it, it's it's it could be farther from the original company you know what I mean like there's no aspect of it other than it being pressing Noah and other than having the it's one of those weird things where we kind of get it in our head of what they were and they, they obviously went through the different roller coasters but it's it's a completely different company it's been a different company a lot of ways through its path I mean the no, the New Japan Noah felt nothing like the original Noah and then this Noah feels nothing like you know the weird like Kenta you know more Shima it's just a weird company that goes through these ebbs and flows and doesn't ever feel like it's related to any of the eras that it's had which is yeah it doesn't but, but it kind of hurts it. 
where it's just yeah. like, ah, oh, no, it sucks now. And it's like, well, no, it's fine in a vacuum, but it's like, yeah, it, compared to what it was, yes, it does. It does suck. But I, I don't know. It's kind of weird in that sense. I've always, always had that weird relationship with Noah, and I think a lot of people do as well. Where they just All kinda... I know is I put on Noah's shows now, whether it's Corkins or the Great Voyage shows, and, and I always enjoy myself. This was a good show. I mean, the first two matches stunk, but they stunk in an entertaining way. And the rest of the show was good. Which is all you ask. All you ask. Stink in five minutes. Yeah, if I can laugh at Leona. <laughs> and I can laugh at Cody Hall and, and, and you know, Maceo Inoue and his dumb face. I don't know if that was quite their intention. I don't know if that was quite their intention. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, he makes his dumb faces and he stinks. And, you know, Leona stinks in the opener. There's a perverse entertainment factor to that. But the rest of the show, everything else was good or better. You know, and, and the semi-main event was very, very good. And the main event was awesome. You Are know, there any Leona, sta- Leona stands that are going to get really mad at us on Twitter? Are there any of them? They can't possibly. There are no. I was going to say, there's, there's no way. I mean, there's there might be in a way stands, but there's no way in any universe that there's anybody. I think, I think that, oh, man. There's no way, know. right? It's, there can't be. No, you know. It's like. There can't be. You can't even, like, ironically think he's good. No, no, no. No one thinks he's good. I mean, you might feel bad for him because yeah, he's there, there could be sympathy things, but you know, he's probably, he's probably had a pretty good life, though, all things considered. Oh, he's probably had an excellent life. I yeah, think he gets, he's uh, he gets to wrestle and he's not isn't good. He, isn't, <laughs> he, isn't he studying to be a doctor or something? I don't even think this is his like his. Oh, well, he should do. He should keep doing that because that that's probably going to do much better than this wrestling. Yeah. Thing. So I, I yeah. don't know that he's studying to be a doctor, but that he's I think he is. I, I don't think this is his primary gig. I, well, I can tell. I can tell it's not his primary. If you're going to get in the ring. I'm going to critique you. You know. Right. Right. I can tell it's just a hobby, but uh, yeah, that's uh, they're good. All right, let's talk about the World Tag League here a little bit. Um, we got three more shows for the World Tag League. By the time most of you guys listen to this, one of the other shows is going to happen. It's the A Block show. Uh, it's going to happen on the eighth. Uh, the two, the matches there, you got Tenzan and Kojima versus Suzuki and Azuka, uh, Nagata and Nakanishi versus Bad Luck Folly and Chad o- or Chase Owens, uh, and then the main event of that A Block is going to be Goto and Yoshihashi versus Evil and Sonata, and that will effectively end. The A block. So let's do a little bit of a check in here um, on the A block, just to kind of see where everybody's at, uh, what's going on. Effectively, all you really need to worry about is Evil Sonata, Hangman Page, and Yujiro, uh, and Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. They're tied at the top of the A block, all with eight points. Everybody else is at, uh, there's, you know, Suzuki and Azuka have six, Fallon and Owens have six, Robinson and Callahan have six, and then Tenzan and Kojima have four, Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata have two. They're non-factors. The only teams that really matter are the the three that I mentioned at the top with eight points. And as far as them, there's scenarios, um, even Sonata, and I'm, I'm going to go through these scenarios and then, Joe, I want to kind of tackle see who you think is going to win or who you think is going to emerge or what do you think the most logical one is here. Uh, even Sonata, essentially... They have Goto and uh, Yoshihashi left. If they beat them, they'll be at 10 points. They have tiebreakers versus uh, Paige and Yujiro, so they'll win. So all you and Sonata have to do is win that final match. They're in. They're in the finals. They're good to go. Uh, Paige and Yujiro, uh, they can defeat uh, Jeff, Death Juice, but then they'll be tied with either, uh, of, of course, even Sonata or uh, Goto and Yoshihashi. Whoever wins from that match will have 10. Paige and Yujiro will have 10. Uh, they have the tiebreaker over Goto and Yoshihashi, but if Goto and Yoshihashi win and Paige and Yujiro win, then Paige and Yujiro will win the block, given that they have that tiebreaker. So we'll see. Well, I- I'm going to ask you in a sec. I think that's pretty unlikely. And then the final one is Goto and Yoshihashi. They defeat Evil Sonata. They'll be at 10. Uh, they do not have tiebreakers against Paige and Yujiro, so they'll need a win and then hope that uh, Callahan and-, and Juice Robinson will beat Paige and Yujiro, and then they would win the block. So, Joe, uh, out of those three. Uh, shoot me in the head. Yeah. Um, I don't fucking know. Look, but wait till we get to the B block. <laughs> if you want to talk about, I have no idea. Wait until you get the B block. 
look, Goto is facing Suzuki at the dome. Do we all agree on that? Correct. I mean, it's not a fact, but do we agree on that? That that seems to be the direction they're going. It's some kind of gimmicky never title match. Um, so it really doesn't matter. And I think that Evil, Sonata, and Bushi will defend the openweight titles. So I don't think this block matters because I don't think your winner is coming out of this block. Right. You think one of these – my, my guess is – They're Nashi not putting teams. Hangman Page and Yujiro <laughs> no, you can, against you can Killer Elite Squad at the Dome. <laughs> the other three teams, okay. You could have made – you know what I mean? Like, all right. But I, all of those people have other things to do. You know what I mean? Like, Suzuki's going to face Goto. And Evil and Sonata are probably going to defend the trio's titles. So I got to be honest. I don't even care who wins that block. Because the, the, the winner of the tournament's not coming out of that block. Right. It's one of the, one of the block teams is going to win for sure. Yeah. I don't, yes. Uh, as far as who I pick, like, I'm, I'm thinking of if you're going to have a team lose. I think Goto and Yoshihashi are probably your pick to go there. And then they'll lose. Somebody pins Yoshihashi, and then it doesn't matter. Goto goes on his merry way. Nobody who, loses who did, anything. Like, it, it's just who kinda... does Goto and Yoshihashi face on the final night? Uh, they face, let me fire it up here. They, uh, what did I say? I just said, um, uh, they face evil and Sonata. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what they're going to do that. That's a good opponent for them to beat on the, uh, on the final night. Yeah. So that'd be it. That'll be the, the show that most of people. But I, I could see evil. I could see evil and Sonata losing the final though. Right. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I don't know, but Yoshihashi's a, the, the, of the four, he's the best guy to get pinned. That's what I'm thinking. Final. I'm thinking of who eats the pin from the B block, and and that's you know who who, who in the B block pins Yoshihashi is is what I'm because it's not an evil. That's not either you know, great scenarios to pin either of those guys. Goto obviously will probably not get pinned because trying to build it up. And and yeah, we we I think we all kind of agree that someone's coming out of the B block that's going to win. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I guess. Okay, so <laughs> there's so, one word to put it, but not really. <laughs> so, so B block, everyone's tied except the two teams with the young. Oh, it fucking sucks. The B block is such a, so you put the problem, and a lot of people mentioned it at the beginning of the World Tag League, and it was like, well, this is kind of weird. So you have David Finley and, and, and Kitamura, and then you have Hanari and Togi Makabe, both in the right. B block. Well, both those guys are going to get zero because you got two young lions there. So then it was kind of like this weird scenario where, like, well, then what is everybody else going to do? Well, the way that they decided is that everybody fucking else in the block would have eight points. Everybody is in. Now, Joe, strap in for this. We got <laughs> – all right. So here's I'll, try to, I'll try to peg a winner for you here. Let's yeah, see. it's going to be impossible. There's no – I mean, there's um, no prediction. There's no nothing being hinted. It's just everybody's tied with everybody. Everybody's – so here we go. So Ishii and Yano, their last match against uh, Girls of Destiny, and they have tiebreakers over the Best Friends and War Machine. They lost tiebreakers to Cobb and Elgin and Killer Elite Squad. Okay? The Best Friends, their last match is against the Killer Elite Squad. They have tiebreakers over Cobb and Elgin and G.O.D., but they lost tiebreakers to War Machine and Ishii and Yano. So you have Cobb and Elgin. Their last match is against War Machine, which should be a completely uninteresting match that I'm sure nobody will care about anyway. Uh, and they'll have tiebreakers over Cod uh, and Ishii and Yano. So they have tiebreakers over Girls of Destiny, Ishii and Yano, but they lost tiebreakers to KES and Best Friends. Girls of Destiny, their last match is against Yano and Ishii. They have tiebreakers over KES and War Machine. They lost tiebreakers to Best Friends and Cobb and Elgin. War Machine, their last match is against Cobb and Elgin, of course, the match that nobody will care about. And they won tiebreakers over the Best Friends in KS, but they lost tiebreakers over G.O.D. and Ishii and Yano. And then last but not least, you have Killer Elite Squad. Their last match against the Best Friends, they have tiebreakers over Cobb and Elgin and Ishii and Yano, but they lost tiebreakers to War Machine and Girls of Destiny. <laughs> Don't you think that it'd be logical for... <laughs> 
whoever wins this tournament to have a win over KES at some point. Like, I really want Cobb and Elgin. <laughs> well, well, and, and it's uh, like, yeah, I, I really, but they, lost, they yeah. lost the Killer Elite squad. I want Cobb and Elgin to go as far as they possibly can. Well, um, Cobb and somebody could go, maybe. <laughs> no, I want Cobb and Elgin. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I hope the plan the is... comfortable tag team of all time, yeah. Yes, Team Awkward, we're going to call them from now on. I want Team Awkward to win the fucking titles, Rich. I'm a Cobb, has the, Cobb has that cologne shirt, too. That'd be great if he got one of those and wore it to the ring. Yes, I want him to wear it to the ring. And I want them to win the... T- I want Team... I want New Japan to stick their booking plans. And I want Team Awkward... <laughs> to win the titles. Um, look, no, but I think that um, it would make sense that, the, I, you know, I had all this figured out and written down and I misplaced it. And I can't remember how I had it worked out. But um, the thing with Cobb and Elgin is they lost to KES. It's not a big deal, but you, you, you kind of would want the winner of your tournament and the team that's going to challenge those champions to maybe have a win over them. I, is right. that a big deal? No. Um, not necessarily, but I, I could see them going that way. And that's, you know, War Machine has a win over them. So they kind of seem like ones that, that, that you would think of uh, in there. And then you have uh, Grills of Destiny both. So it's like, it's the most uninteresting two teams that beat them. It was Grills, Destiny, and War Machine. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, so. same, same old, same old. Yeah, right. So um, it's, oh, God. <laughs> Well, they, they just do a, another they fucking triple threat. Freeway. They should have a triple threat. Yeah. You know that? Like, all these teams are pretty even. They should just have a triple threat, Joe. Wouldn't that be amazing? It'd be awesome. Girls of Destiny, War Machine, Co Elite Squad, triple threat. Let's go. I think we got something here. Let's do it. <laughs> I hate this division. This division sucks. I'm so staring at this. This talent is so. This division has so much talent, and it fucking sucks. It's so bad. Who does Cobb and, Cobb and Elgin face? Who on the last day? They have War Machine on the last day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right. The Yeah. The match An that again, match nobody why would anybody care about just a normal yeah. match on the tour. I mean, it's not like it's not gonna matter to anybody, so uh, um, not like there's best friends. You know, there's the best friends are, are, are you know Dustin and, and, and Trent, so it's not you know, Okay, well let's let's get serious for a minute. Let's Lance Storm this. Um we were told directly that despite his troubles that Elgin is booked for the Dome. Um, wouldn't it make sense? I mean, and then we were told his contract is up shortly after that, but we knew that. So if, if the Dome is his, like, swan song, and it's that's it for Michael Elgin, wouldn't it make sense to have him in, in the title match at the Dome instead of, like, the Rambo or some eight-man tag? Um, um, assuming that the issues, you know, aren't a, a, a big deal, which you know, obviously, we're not going to get into the details of that. That's well, well we well an ongoing uh, thing that we asked because of the, the exactly issues right. No, 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 and, and that's that's what I'm curious on is, is we don't know if they changed plans if they decided okay, this was the idea, but now this is the okay. idea. We had someone tell us early in the week, Elgin is done after this tour, right? So we did our due diligence and we checked with the office. The office told us, not true, he's booked for the Dome. And that his contract runs out shortly after the next tour begins. And they left it at that. Um, so if he's booked for the Dome, and we know that they like Cobb, people have told us they like Cobb, it appears as though Cobb will stick around, why wouldn't this team win the tournament? 
It's not a bad idea. Yeah, you sort of show Cobb as as the next guy. Elgin gets you know his match on the way out or whatever. He loses, but it's still a pretty f- and it would be a, a decent match too. I would assume you know KS versus Cobb and Elgin is a, a nice fresh match. And yeah, if Cobb's that guy that you're sort of building for the future, you know, even though he won't win, it, it would be a good little showcase to have him go out there at, at the dome and and, and people could right, see. I mean, they'll lose matches. because Elgin's contracts up. Right, exactly. Yeah, they'll lose and, no doubt, which is fine. Well, unless they resign Elgin, but now with all of Elgin's issues. Which we know that the office is aware of, they may not resign them just for that reason. Right. Um, You know, that's all up in the air right now. But then what do you do with your gods and your war machines and things like that? Um, I don't think. (laughs) Of course. I don't don't, Right. I mean, I I mean, it might be. I mean, for all all intents and purposes, it might be Cobb and Elgin win the World Tag League and they make it a four way. Right, I mean, what do you do with those guys? You're right, like because because you can't. What else do you do with God on that show? Where else yeah. do they go? They don't go in the Rambo. You're not going to put Tomatonga in the Rambo. Um, not putting now, Hanson I, in the Rambo. Like, well, I mean, okay, War Machine's finishing up. Right. So, do you really need to give them a dome match if they're finishing up? Do I? No, probably not, but do they? I, 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 it's hard to say. I, it's it's so hard to know what they're doing with this division because it's just kind of they throw shit at a wall and just happens. I don't know. I, I, I try to assign logic to it, but then going through this B block, it's just a total mess. So I, I don't know. It, it's and what do you do with I, Ishii? I, I mean, I don't have a good read. I know, I know. I would. Why is he with the? What do you do with Ishii? <laughs> no, no, they don't. It's like, yeah. You know, you just put all these guys in clusters. Let's have a five way. Let's have a five way tag. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would assume best friends. I mean, you can scratch them out because I don't think Chucky's coming back for the the, the dome, obviously. So, right. um, I think and best friends are, are and, totally and, out of there. And Trent, despite the elevation, is not a guy you have to give an important match to. No, no, no. So they're they're having a fun little run. They're they're doing some good stuff. Maybe they'll do something. You, you could have Trent, Ishii, and Yano in some kind of never open weight six man gauntlet or something. It doesn't matter. Um, just you know the leftover chaos guy, which would be a shame to see Ishii in something like that. Yeah, Ugh. but. There's not much room for him to do anything better, though. That's the problem. I, I can make a legitimate case that Ishii is is the best wrestler this year. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm picking Okada. But, you know, I helped out on that FSM top 50, and Ishii was in my top five. And he again, this is going to be the second year in a row where he just doesn't have anything significant to do with the Dome. They just don't see him as a guy like that. And it's a shame because he could have a real career-defining showcase match on one of these Tokyo Dome shows, and it's just never going to happen. So, but you're right. I mean, you get the sense that they're not just going to – someone has to get the match with Killer Elite Squad and then two teams out of Cobb Elgin, out of Team Awkward, God, and War Machine. You have to figure out what – you know, the two, two, you got to eliminate two of them and give them nothing to do, or they do a four-way. I yeah. really don't know. None of that is off the table. If nothing else, this is unpredictable. That's the, one way to put it, I guess. <laughs> the problem is the B-block team, everyone knows the B-block team. I, I Anyway, I think it's a lock that, the, that a B-block team wins the final. Oh, I do too, yeah, because none of those, we talked about the A-block. Everyone's got something else to do. Goto's got yeah, something else to do. Yeah, I don't think that has any drama. Not, I have something to do, so yeah. There, there's, that has there's, no drama, yeah. Yeah. All your real contenders are on this side. So it's just a matter of which one gets out. Now, what 
do we have a ma- we don't have a match order for that final night yet because um, I think I do days. yeah I don't know I don't know if this is set in stone uh, the final A block night or the final B block night you mean B block okay as far as I know and this is what uh, Priest of Spirit had so I don't know if this is but they have what's closing the show they have Beretta and Chucky T versus KS closing the show and I don't know if that's accurate to be fair so just um. Yeah, that might just be a random listing. Yeah, I'm not sure if it is. Yeah, because the the last night of these tournaments, they don't really give you the match order until. Right, because you got Elgin and Cobb versus a War Machine. I feel like that that's going to close the show. That seems like a pretty good. Well, I mean, they got Ishii and Yano versus Rose of Destiny. I would assume Elgin and Cobb versus Rowan Hansen probably closes on the show, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think um, I'd have to see if these were accurate up until this point. But like you said, it's kind of it kind of gets mishmashed on the last night anyway, so it's hard to. That's hard to know, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's strange. I, I I'm not sure. I don't know. Point. On one hand, it's really hard to figure. I mean, that's a good thing, right? If you're into this, if you're watching this on a night in night out basis, I mean, God help you if you are. So. I I can't comment on any of it because I haven't seen it. I saw yeah, one night. You know, I saw night one. I missed much. So I've watched so probably about I, a quarter of it, and it's it's been. This, this 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 tournament sucks, and I hate it. <laughs> I just want it to go away. It's it's good because it gives everybody a break. I go like watch other matches. I yeah. you know work on the ebook. It comes at a perfect time for getting ready for the ebook. I I watch other match of the year. You know, I kind of do my match of the year catch up. It's it's great. It's like a vacation for everybody from New Japan, but for the people that watch it, man, oh god, right? Thanks. It it's just because there's been some matches that have been okay, but like I'm the times that I've watched the show, I've been like happy that Sammy Callahan. I'm like, oh, thank God, Sammy Callahan. Like that's if I'm at the point where I'm like, oh man, great, Sammy Callahan's coming out. Like this will really juice this up. That that's that's where we're at with that. Which is he's not doing well, by the way. Uh no, no, he's not. So not looking good for Sammy. I don't have much more to add about this thing. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the matches. No, nah, let's so move on. That's help. it. We'll see when it's all said and done. We got the final. So as I mentioned, the B block, the last match of the B block. Uh, it's coming up the ninth, and then the World Tag League final will be the eleventh that Monday. Uh, show's pretty decent. On, That's on a good looking show. Yeah, so you got uh, Kota Bushi and Kushida versus Cody and Marty Scroll is one of your matches. You got Rocky Romero, uh, Romero Show and Yo versus Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Then you had okay, uh, Okada and Will Ospreay versus Naito and Takahashi. That sounds fucking awesome. I can't not wait yep. for that. Uh, and the World's Ugly Finals, of course, whatever that is. But that's, uh, I mean, all three of those matches are fucking, you know, I'm all in on a Kota Bushi Kushida with Marty Scroll. I mean, that, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, Cody will be there too, so that's cool for him. Uh, the Show and Yo and, and Romero, the Rapongi 3K versus the Elite. And then, uh, yeah, Okada, Ospreay. Versus Naito and Takahashi. I'm, I'm all in on those three matches. Those will sound awesome. And then the final will yeah, be the final. I mean, the final will be a good match. It's always a decent match, that it's final. Even if the rest of it, the buildup is, is, is trash, the final will well, always be good. you got Evil and Sonata versus Team Awkward or something. Yeah, that'd be I mean, great. It'd be a good match. Sure. You know, Team I don't have any doubt. <laughs> I cannot wait to see the, uh, the dynamics of Team Awkward once it's... Because, you know... Our, our, our big Mike is is a guy that definitely wears his emotions on his sleeve. Well, okay, we're gonna have to address this topic at some yeah, point. Yeah, let's let's. So we may as well do it now. If you think we're gonna sit here and break down the alleged crimes and whatnot, we're not you're doing. You're very that. wrong. Yeah, you're very very wrong. I want nothing to do with that. That's um, between them. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> it's this is a this is a. I mean, there are some. You know, all kidding aside with the Team Awkward stuff, there are some pretty heinous accusations out there, which, um, you know, if they're true, this is some, you know, pretty pretty, pretty serious stuff that's gone down with, uh, with Elgin. 
he is being accused of covering up a sex assault, and uh, he has lost bookings. I wouldn't even be talking about this if, um, there, you know, there's there's implications here. I mean, he's already um, limitless. Uh, took him off a show and replaced him with Cobb. Ironically enough, um, that was that was a pretty good laugh. Yeah, that was that was good. Now and, and- smash. Now smash. To be fair, they have. I, I they worded it a little different. I think they said that they uh, are suspending, not suspending Elgin. What's the verbiage they used? Um, um so, I think they just said take him off their bookings. Yeah, take him off our bookings for the time being until the you know more is determined. Or I think I, I forgot exactly what the, the wording yeah. was. I'll, I'll try to find there, There's. Limitless just yanked them off, and they're not going to use them anymore. Um, uh, AIW is not going to use them. They they took them off their show. Um, Smash, the verbiage was a little different. They're taking a wait and see, see what happens with all this stuff. Um, the, 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 the fact is, we're not going to sit here and talk about um, the alleged... Uh, sex assault. Suspend Michael Elgin's upcoming bookings. Suspend, suspend the bookings. His upcoming bookings. There you go. That's the exact word they used. Because we don't have a police report to look at. We don't have court filings to look at. at well, this, this is point, yeah. This is well beyond like the like gossipy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a criminal. Why, you know. We're not going to sit here and speculate right, on you know. on alleged uh, you know crimes that may or may not have taken place. I mean, we're not going to do that. Um, it, it's but as far as Elgin goes. It's interesting because as he loses indie bookings left and right, although, you know, Ian Rotten put him on a show, um, no. which, you know, form your own opinion on that. Right. I, what, what do you want me to say? Um, and, and attached with a very interesting statement. Did you see what he sa- had to say about that on Facebook? Yeah, I did, yeah. Mr. Well, Mr. Rotten? Know, yeah, well, Mr. Rotten. Classy guy. I'm sure he'll be faking another it's, cancer coming up pretty soon anyway. So you know, it's, it's one thing it's 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 one thing to either book Elgin or continue to book him. Like if he was already booked on your show. Yeah, it's another or, thing to like high step while you're doing it. I'm yeah, like, it's another yeah, thing to like, like make rub it, it in I, people's faces. We booked and, him because of this. It's like, oh, right. dude, like, dude, come on. Just, I mean, he made a statement talking ignorant. about. If you want to be like ignorant to the idea, then that's fine. But to be like knowing and then being like, yeah, that's why we booked him. It's like, come on, dude. What are you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just, he's, he's a, well, he's a piece of shit. So, I mean, this is why, it, so. and I got to tell you, I mean, I'm not Mr. Moral High Ground and I'm not uh, a perfect guy and I'm not, I don't claim to be some kind of, you know me, Rich. I mean, people have listened to this show for years. They know I'm not someone who's going to, who's going to preach or, or stand the high ground or sit on a pedestal, but I've never watched IWA Mid-South and I never will. It's, it's trash. Not he true. is trash. His promotion is trash. And I just, you know, it's it's you know, even Joe Lanza has his standards, you know. But all kidding aside, I want nothing to do with Ian Rotten and I've never wanted anything to do with Ian Rotten. Yeah, and he's a piece of crap and yeah, um, you know, regardless of what this Elgin of, situation or what comes of it. Yeah. And it's like so yeah. It's like C Z W too. I've never wanted anything to do with C Z W. I just it it's just reeks of trash to me. And um you know, I I, I just I've never wanted anything to do with it. Um out there. Why am I going to waste my time with Ian Rotten and CZW? And it's just this is garbage. Um, but yeah, so Elgin is losing bookings, and this whole controversy and this whole um, alleged cover-up of the alleged sex assault is coming at the worst time for him because his New Japan contract is coming due. And we've talked about this 
previously on the show many times. Um, it, it, this now look in many ways, and you know he made his bed and he has to lie in it. Um, you know, um, re- regardless of where you stand on on these various alleged uh, uh, accusations that are floating around, you know he's um, you know a married man who got mixed up in a really bad situation, and and, and it, it it you know I'm not going to sit here and say that. Um, you know, his contract come and do is coming at the worst time. He did this to himself in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, and now his contract ends in about a month or so. And a ton of companies are just not going to touch him now. I mean, WWE is not going to touch him with a 10 football while this is all going on, while this is all being sorted out. Um, they're not going to want anything to do with this. Ring of Honor is not going to want anything to do with this. Gabe Sapolsky is not going to want anything to do with this. So what 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 comes of this man's options if New Japan decides that they don't want anything to do with this? And if New Japan had, and here's the other thing, they may have decided that before this story broke. I mean, we've been speculating that Cobb was his replacement before any of this happened. So, I mean, this is a guy who who really his career looks to be on the rocks at this point. I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, he, he may have nowhere to go. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, America's going to be a tough place, and, and he's not a guy that's really done a ton over, I mean, obviously Canada, but, but I'm, I'm talking effectively North America. I mean, that's pretty much going to dry up, I'd, I'd assume, for a while. And, and you know, if, if Japan, he's done a new Japan, I, think, I don't know. Yeah, he's either going to just have to find another, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so hard to say, and it might just be a wait and I mean, see he moment. Af- so he, effectively, he effectively fired himself from his own promotion. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's so, how... Yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who aren't up on the story, and I think we take for granted sometimes that everybody's up on this stuff. They're not. Um, this is a really big story in sort of the bubble that we exist in, but there's a lot of people who've come into our mentions who have no clue what's going on with Michael Logan. I know that might be hard for some people to believe. But there's probably a lot of people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, we get a lot of like, hey, what's going on with Elgin type, you know, things in our mentions or whatever. Or, hey, yeah, what you, I hear all this talk about Elgin. What's going on? So, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, it's because, like I said, it's, it's not as if he broke any laws. He's not been charged with a crime. Um, it's just sort of I don't want to belittle it by calling it a Twitter beef. But really what's going on right now is Twitter it, it really is just Twitter drama with serious accusations attached. Is that fair to say? Uh it is, yeah. I mean, without, yeah. And it's like again, like we don't want to get involved in it because it, it, it's between those yeah, people. I'm not, right now. I'm, I mean, yeah. Listen, I'm not lessening right, I'm not sure, trying sure. to downplay the accusations. But that's all it is right now. And a lot of people look, Dave Meltzer didn't even touch it until the observer came out. I don't know that Wade Keller has touched it yet. I don't know that Mike Johnson has touched it yet. This isn't as big a story right now as it see, as 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 a lot of people think it is because there's nothing official attached to it. Am I making sense? Um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's 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 kind of just people yelling at each other on Twitter with a a, a very serious allegation attached to it, um, and that's really all it is at this point. It, now it's enough to where he's losing bookings, and it's enough to where the company he's contracted to is aware of it. And it, you know, if they were on the fence of whether they wanted to re-sign Michael Elgin, it could be a determining factor in which they don't, you know, not just the allegations, but also 
that he publicly that it came out in public that he buried his tag team partner. New Japan doesn't like that shit. You know they don't, they, they they don't want that kind of drama. So you know, the guy buried cop. You know he didn't intend it to come out, but it came out. Now it's out there. And he did, and, and you know Elgin has not handled it well. He continues to dig himself a bigger hole. He sent. Look, we all know he sent himself those text messages. Can we be honest? Oh, the I like, mean, hey, I'm telling this because I said so. Yeah, no, that's well. where he tried to cover up the fact that he tried to, <laughs> you know, that that he buried that he was some master. His master plan was to bury Cobb because he knew it would come out, and he wanted to. T- it's just. This is like childish bullshit. I mean, he's he just we all know that he texted himself. Cobb's not buying that. That locker room must be so awkward right now. Yeah, just all around. Imagine. Yeah, because because he kind of throws shade at War Machine too. Because he you know he mentioned that Cobb only hangs out with War Machine in those texts or whatever. And, and by the way, PW Ponderings I know it did a pretty good. If you want kind of a big recap of what's going on, because maybe we're not filling in exactly everything that you need to know or, or whatnot. Uh, PW Ponderings that was a really good uh, sort of here's what's happened so far uh, with regards to the Elgin situation and all the texts and all that sort of stuff that have come out. So they did a good job of kind of uh, tracking it down. And I know a uh, little by little it'll start coming out a little bit more, and I think we'll be a bigger deal. Um, as, I, look, you know, I, I'm sure there's people more, listening but. who are super confused. I mean, in a nutshell, with no editorializing whatsoever, uh, a Glory Pro wrestler was accused of a sex assault in, what was it, March? I believe it was either March or April. Yeah, one of the two. It was brought to Elgin's attention in either March or April. Elgin did nothing until uh, the accuser made the accusation public. Then Elgin fired the wrestler, Sean Orleans, from his promotion. And, uh, you know, at this point, it appears as though Elgin uh, may have covered it up for, what, six months or whatever it is. Um, The accusation is that he covered it up for six months and didn't act on the um, accusation until it became public and he had no choice. So that's what Elgin is accused of. Elgin is accused of not acting on this sex assault allegation until he was sort of backed into a corner and had to. Um, so that that's, is that a fair synopsis of what, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd I be more uncomfortable it. laying all this yeah. out, but that's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it... that's basically why Elgin is in hot water. Um, and, and, you know, the, the wrestler Sean Arlene's is obviously in hot water because he's been accused of, uh, of, of some sort of sex assault, um, you know, by this fan. So, um, she goes by a Twitter. I'm not trying to. It's just so awkward. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, belittle her, but she goes by a fake name on Twitter. I don't know what her name is. So, um, you know, by calling her this fan, I'm not trying to denigrate her or anything. It's just, I don't know what her name is. Um, you know, so um, that's what's going on with Elgin. That's why he's in hot water. Uh, New Japan is aware of the situation. Um, and I am going to keep pestering them to try to find out if. Uh, you know, they're going to bring them back and, you know, I will probably never find out the reason if they don't bring them back. I don't, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, it was going to happen anyway, or if this was the reason why, but yeah, it'd yeah. be fascinating. I mean, they, a lot of people are looking at them because, you know, he's smashes dropped in a lot of the Indies, as you said, have sort of backed away from him, but 
the big booking is is New Japan, and if you know if he goes and gets re-signed by them, there's going to be a lot of people that are are going to be asking a lot of questions. Even you know, despite whatever is going on with this and whatever does end up coming of it, people are going to be looking at that, and that's going to be you know kind of a a big moment for 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 New Japan and a lot of people is, is seeing how they react to this, how they react to, it, and he's losing bookings left and right, and this is as far as I'm willing to go this week in terms of uh, you know editorializing any of this. Whether he actively covered up a sex assault or whether he didn't know what to do, he handled it poorly, and he did this to himself. I think everybody in the world will agree that yeah. this entire week has been handled very poorly by Michael very Oliver. poorly whether, by everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, regardless of what it's, you know, what, what do you believe? Who, he has handled it very poorly. Look, I, and I'm not going to sit here and speculate whether he believes that this woman was assaulted, whether he doesn't believe it. All I know is he's handled it poorly. He's terrible, um, terrible. Yeah. from start to finish. So, and that's why he's in the mess he's in because he's handled this poorly. And, um, you know, so big Mike is in big trouble. <laughs> right. This is not going to be, this is a story that isn't going to go away. It's, um, it's only going to continue to linger. And, um, you know, we'll, See it's got bigger it ramifications than people think, too. I mean, it's really got like a larger because that that whole Glory Pro thing had really been sort of given a big boost to the Midwest Indies, and so I think it's got it's got a big, big reach. I mean, people don't quite get it quite yet, but maybe it might be something where in a little while people sort of understand just how big of a deal it is. I mean, obviously, you know, he's, he's, Glory Pro is now under you know, there's two new. I, I forgot who it is exactly that that runner or whatever, but it's got. He sold it to. I mean, to a I mean, sponsor, right? Naito was going to be in February. Students. You know what I mean, like. Tetsuya Naito, yeah. who is going to yes. be the IWGP champion, is slated to go there in February. Happens. Like, you know, it's got big ramifications. There's a lot of stuff going on here. So, yeah. We'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, that's that's our uncomfortable tiptoeing around that story for this week. So, that's as far as we're going to go, though. I know people are like, oh, you should detail everything. No, that's not what we're going to do. Why, why, would, we, why would we touch this? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, gonna... what do we have to work with here? It's It's random screenshots from all sites just not something i'm not I'm no sure. it's not i'm not interested in doing it anyway. someone else can touch that one i'm not yeah. going anywhere near yeah. it. have fun listen to that because they'll they'll do it because we're not doing it all right uh let's do quickly the evolve weekend if you want a, a larger recap of what's going on this weekend and evolve of course everything evolves on our great voice wrestling podcast network they just released a show uh, earlier this week covering this in excruciating detail so everything evolves with the two errands the wrong boys uh good stuff here but uh, these are pretty fun cards i'll kind of run these down real quick we don't have to really give too much about them but i think they're they're interesting to watch i think i think they're in live i don't know i'm not sure what's going on with the evolve i maybe not i don't know what the fuck's going on with evolve this weekend so maybe you can watch it maybe you can't um do you watch about them in live yeah. Like they announced that. Okay, you can? Okay, that's good. All right, I wasn't sure, because I know everything's a little weird with that right now. So so you can watch these live. Okay, that's good. So you can watch them on uh, WNLive.com. Go a little old school here. But as far as the shows, uh, Evolve 96 starting on se- uh, Saturday, December 9th. Uh, you got WWN, sorry, championship match. You got Keith Lee defending against Walter. That should be awesome. Those are big men that do awesome things. Uh, you got Jock and Tracy Williams, the Evolve Tag Team Champions, uh, defending against James Drake and Anthony Henry. You have a no-rope break match, Matt Riddle versus Fred Yehi. You got a non- non-title special attraction, though, but this sounds fucking awesome. Zack Sabre Jr. versus DJZ. DJZ is having an incredible year. Might talk about him in a little later. Yeah, he is. But, yeah. but he's, if you haven't watched the DJZ match this year, if you're like, oh, is he my you I swear to God, watch it. I mean, he's awesome. By the way, I that AEW show that I went to. A, yeah, I just saw some AEW yeah, stuff from. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. 
the Jim Lineman stuff. Yeah, he's 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 great. And he uh, that unstoppable show that I said that everybody should go watch the one I was at uh, last week that I was fawning over. Uh, it just popped up yeah. on, on on Smart Mark, so you can. Uh, Grab from there, oh, uh, yeah, Battle yeah. of the Breakout Stars. I, I love. I love. You think these. that's one of the shows of the year, correct? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, fucking awesome. It's one of the best. Uh, it's one of and maybe the best AEW show I've ever seen in my entire life. So, yeah, it, it's it's mm. fucking great. So, uh, Battle of the Breakout Stars again. I love Gabe Sutherland. You had Darby Allen versus Austin Theory, and then a very special attraction. Special attraction match: Jason Kincaid versus AR Fox. But I'm looking there. Keith Lee Walter. Um, Zach Saber, DJZ sounds awesome, and Matt Riddle versus Freddie Ahail sounds good. And Darby Allen versus Austin Theory sounds good too. Those guys have both been very good this year. So actually, the whole card—I mean, Kincaid and Aaron Fox—pretty much from top to bottom. I'm, I'm into all that. Tag Keith Lee Walter, Keith Lee Walter was kind of a letdown at uh, Bola. Yeah, I'm hoping they can uh, they can come back a little bit. And uh... I didn't. I wasn't in love with their match that they had at. Uh... I was with you. Yeah, I came in with high expectations, and it was it was fine. But yeah, it was good. I mean, it was alright, but. Yeah. Um... It, it definitely wasn't uh, – it didn't, uh, you know, meet my expectations. Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit better than it was. So hopefully they got another chance to do it, so we'll see here. Uh, Evolve 97, this is a Sunday show, December 10th. Uh, main event is Zach Sabre Jr. defending uh, the Evolve Championship against Jaka. Uh, you got Matt Riddle versus Walter. That yeah, I mean the main event doesn't do much for you, but Matt Riddle versus Walters. Walter Walter is primed to have a he can he can have a really big weekend here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Matt Riddle and facing Keith. Keith if, he goes, yeah, if he goes kills it, he's he's good to go. Uh, this is a high stakes three way match. Nine title winner gets to book himself in any match that he wants. Okay, <laughs> Keith Lee versus Tracy Williams versus Darby Allen. All right. I know you're going to be looking at this one. FIP World Championship match. I know you follow every each and every FIP World title match. Well, here you go. Freddie Ahai defending his FIP World Heavyweight Championship against Austin Theory. Uh, top talents collide, exclamation point. Era Fox versus DJZ. That, somebody will die on that match. I promise you. That'll be really good. Somebody yeah. is going to die. So, both those men are hell-bent on killing themselves. So somebody, I, yeah, somebody will go nuts and break their neck. Let me tell you something. They have downsized their roster. Oh, you have one more match here. I'm sorry. Oh, one more, yes. Jason Kincaid versus Jarek 120. Okay, go on. Special that's a, challenge. That's a special match. challenge, I should say, yes. Um, you just can't have a single match. Specially challenge that one. Who's specially challenged? Gave the Japanese tradition. Every match has to have Nobody's a specially challenged anybody. That's just a match. Nobody's specially yeah, challenged. Listen, sir. How do you know that Jarek120 did not make a special challenge to Jason? Is it Jarek or Jarek? I'm going Jarek. You know, you don't know that. <laughs> I don't think it is. Okay. You don't know that he didn't make a special challenge with his magic, okay? Right, right. Maybe it was a magic challenge. Pick a card, any right? card. Oh, yeah. I, maybe they'll that's do that. Space, you know? That means we're facing each other. I don't know. Like, that's right. Um, I do have to Jerry. say though, <laughs> okay, call him Jerry. With uh, Evolve, look, it's no secret um, with the whole flow thing. They're sort of cutting budget themselves, um, using some new faces. But these are pretty damn good shows lineup wise. Oh, they're really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for all the talk that, that they're on a downswing or what, these should be really these should be excellent shows. So um you know, they're, they're, the end will get a is that's what they're calling that group, right? The end. Oh correct, yeah. You know, Drake and not Drake and Henry, but the uh, the other two guys, um I their names are they're not booked on this show, but they're good their their presence will be felt, I would think, right? They're gonna advance yeah, that story. Right? Um who are the other guy? I'm blanking on the other guys' names, but yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Paro and um I can't remember the other guy's name. 
Odessin, isn't it Odessin? And then the uh, I forgot the third guy. There's there's a third too. Yeah. So but, they'll have their presence felt here as well. And they're going to push those guys. Um, but they, yeah, on paper these shows look really good. Um, do you think that they should? Is it time to get rid of the WWN title and the evolved? It just it's, it's it was time, time from the beginning. Work. I never liked it from the beginning, and I would definitely. Well, at least it made sense under Flow. Um, sure. Yeah. Extent. Yeah. Because so you could have yeah you know, guys share the relationship, go to FIP, defend the title, do all that sort of stuff. But now effectively, it just kind of waters down your main championship, and that's Gabe is so good at like building up for that one title and making that one title mean a lot. That I hate when there's the two. I, I and I guess you can main event both of these, but like I don't know, does it really matter? I mean, is Zack Saber Junior. Jaka, you know, any better because it's for the title? I mean, Jaka's not winning the title. Well, the way I'm kind of seeing this is, I think Keith Lee wins that three way, and the match he picks is a, you know match against Zack Sabre Jr. to uh, merge these titles. Does that make sense? Um, Is that Gabe enough for you? I don't know. That's pretty Gabe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to want to hang around with these because I don't think he really likes having these two titles either. I don't think he likes it either. No. That's never how he's booked. I, I, he's know. always booked to the exact opposite of that, of never making title, never doing too many titles and never having the titles really match up with one another. You know what I mean? He's always wanted like the clear hierarchy of that title, that title, that title. Like the closest you had was the pure title in ROH, but that was a different. Like even then, he made sure it was completely different than the world title. It had to have a different style, a different look, yes. a different feel, or whatever. So he's never booked that way. So no, I, I'm sure that whatever the time comes, I, you're, you're, you know what? That's probably not a bad theory there. That like Keith Lee yeah. says, "Cool, I have the WWE, you have the Evolve. Let's make this, you know, one." Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's what I see going down there. But uh, more importantly, Rich, um, I want your take on this. Um, who do you see taking this special challenge match, Jarek One Twenty or Jason? <laughs> oh man! So, oh, this is the hot, the the, the hot talk. Yeah, I know. I don't remember everything involved a, yet. Now remember, now it's a special challenge. It is special. It is beyond yeah, just a. So does that change your opinion on what? Can, oh uh, man, um, I think you you want you want Jarek One Twenty to get a big win. Um, man, it's it's hard to Jarek say. Jarek One Twenty, one of the survivors of uh, Style Battle, which. Uh, <laughs> I am told there will be a conclusion to style battle. Yeah, there we go. Nice. It will be attached. Listen, I'm a journalist. I uh, I reached out to uh, New Japan's week. I also reached out to WWN. Style battle will conclude. There will be a conclusion to the style battle season. I would not bet that there will be a style battle season too. <laughs> But there will be a conclusion to the style right. battle season. It will the be a book will close on style battle and then locked close. and then thrown yes. in the water and lit on fire and never seen again. But and it will be attached to a to a future evolve show, from what I am understanding. From okay. what there you go. So, so Freddie A. High could defend against Freddie A. High and Freddie A. High. I, you know, we know, found I, out that Freddie A. High, in fact, did not win every single style battle. So it just seemed that way. Did we find out that he never fact, won any of them, or he won one of them? They won one. Okay, yeah, won one. Yeah, I mean, it felt like he won all of them. I mean, we would tweet about that, and he would favorite it. So I assumed he was like, <laughs> you know. Knew was watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 15 people in the audience, and at best, 10 people on Flow watching it. So, I mean, not yeah, really good. He could have wrong. said that he won all of them, and I don't think anybody would have disputed it, really. Right? If he just said, yeah, I won, I won that style battle. If he tweeted out I, immediately after the show, hey, I won style battle again. No, I think if, if think if I think if they told us he won all of them. <laughs> Nobody would know. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the maybe... I don't even remember who's even at those shows. Whatever, fucking cares. There were no good. fans. No, there's a lot of trees, a lot of, a lot of foliage there. <laughs> uh, so that's the evolve weekend again. Everything evolves did a great job of uh, covering that. Um, so you definitely did they? I'm sure they did. It's not even released yet. As we record, no, it's this. released. It's out. Fib into the audience here. It's not. It's out. You heard it. It's already out. I'm calling you it. out, Crage. 
I didn't hear it. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. Call out Lanza. See, you just assume. Now here's the problem, Rich. You're gonna kill. Your <laughs> Why would you say? Because Why would you what if they're bad? Because what if their preview stunk? You trust the Aaron's to that extent? Oh yes. Oh, they're nothing if not professionals. Are you kidding? That's true. Think the Aaron's are gonna go out there and give a, a, a Jerick 120 effort? Hell no. Just don't think you're talking to them off the record, though. <laughs> they will bury you in a they second. Will. Those two. You can't trust those, those guys. wrong boys. Those wrong boys. You can't yeah. fucking. But they are the wrong boys. <laughs> okay, they will do you wrong. Right. Okay, and it leads to like three a.m. phone the lawyers, calls. The lawyer and the communist. They, uh, they'll get you real bad. <laughs> yes, never trust a communist. And Talb is a communist. Don't let him tell you different. He'll tell you he's a socialist. He's not. He's a communist. Trust me. I got inside information. Oh, you know that, but uh, uh, okay. I'm alright with Bentley. Okay, Bentley, look. He's a lawyer. A he's kind of no, shifty. He's a lovely man. He's the least shifty man in the world. He's, he's like the. He's a little shifty. He's a lawyer. No, he's, look, I all the God, lawyers. If you ever meet Aaron Bentley, he's like all, the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. All lawyers are a little shifty. Okay, <laughs> but I'm okay with that because I'm a little shifty. But that Tob, you got to watch out for him. Okay, he thinks he'll tell you he's going off to his little DSA meetings with TJ Hawk, but I know that he is a card-carrying communist. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I know it. Yeah. Hanging around the Kremlin, doing this, you know. Listen, he's a big fan of Marx. He's a big fan of uh, all of them. Sean Stalin, Marks? former NBA center, Sean Marx. Isn't he dead? Is Sean Marx dead? No, really. No, who just no? Wait, is he dead? I don't think he's dead. Lorenzen Wright's dead. Lorenzen Wright is, is very dead. Yes, that's uh, yeah, very dead, very dead. No, Sean Marks is the Nets general manager. I knew that. No, he's alive and well. It's not the same Sean Marks though. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, that's, that's the one we referenced earlier, making those yeah. crafty trades. Yeah, the former center. Yeah, I didn't know it was the same man. There I thought go. it was a different man. May 2017, he was uh, inducted into the basketball, the New Zealand Basketball Hall of Fame. So there you go. Sean Marks was the guy. The best part about yeah. Sean Marks is that they kept him in those NBA 2K games for way too. So when you would go to the free agents and sort by like the worst overall guy, it was always his fate. He was like a 42, and like he hadn't played in the league in like eight years. <laughs> and you're like, why is Sean? Like, just delete him, guys. No one's signing Sean Marks. No one's like, like that's a line of code that you guys can just get rid of. It's gonna be fine. Sean Marks won't care. Nobody's gonna care if Sean Marks is no longer available. And like Antonio Daniels would always be there too. Like, yeah, no one's signing yeah, years Antonio. and years. <laughs> like no one is signing Antonio Daniels. Just get rid of him. It's fine. I got a text message from Tob here. Oh, he, he knows that. Guy. See, He's, it says it he says. Knows all no, I, I'm showing you an old one here to prove to you my my. Theory. Oh, I thought I thought he texted you as we were talking. No, he did not. He okay. said, uh, he said, "Hey, comrade, how do you feel about bread lines?" Now, if that doesn't <laughs> tell you he's a communist, all right. I don't listen. Yeah. Well, it was up the tub, we'd be standing in lines getting a crust of bread and a hunk of cheese, you know? What kind of cheese? Hold on a minute. What I like bread. What kind of cheese are we talking though? It's just a hunk of like that yellow cheese, that non determinable cheese. Okay. Like it's just it's yellow. Kind of a, it's kinda of like cheddar, kind of American, but not really. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's basically processed. It's kinda of like Velveeta. Uh what kind of bread though? Is it just a crust of bread, you know? But it, well, the, I like I like I like a hard crust on my bread, so that this might be is the right. future. Aaron Tob wants. <laughs> I'm kind but, of into that. I like bread and cheese a lot. I ate a lot of bread and cheese in Italy, so. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> Do I get olive oil with this bread or no? You know. No olive oil though. Just just the just. No, the you don't get olive. What are you? Oh, come okay. on, man. I don't know. Uh. Uh-uh. He's full on. He wants you to live in poverty. Don't trust him. <laughs> 
<laughs> this will be for the Russell Mikase, the uh, leftist versus communist, the communist versus Joe uh, Russell Mikase. It's coming up soon. All right, I'm uh, not quick... doing that. I'm not yeah, doing it. Don't put me in there. They're gonna come for me. All right, so really quickly here, uh, Access TV, Wrestle Kingdom 12, and then we'll get to our questions here. So uh, they announced earlier this week that they'll be doing a three-hour live special on Saturday the 6th, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time with coverage of the key matches from Wrestle Kingdom 12, pushing in particular the Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho U.S. title match, Okada versus Naito, and Tanahashi versus Jay White. Uh, Access Fight CEO Andrew Simon said the station has been seeing viewership growth based on airing more current matches in New Japan's increased popularity in the U.S. market, so that's a positive there. Uh, and based on the media release sent out, and I saw this as well, we got the same release, that Access will be pushing Jericho and Omega as the main event. Joe, do you have a problem with them doing that? No, absolutely not. Does it make sense why they would be doing that? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Why okay, because some people do are, are very angry about that, but it makes oh, all the sense in the world why they would say, wrong. hey, American audiences, you know who Chris Jericho is. He's going to be facing Kenny Omega. I Kenny mean, Omega why else are you cool. booking Chris Jericho if not to do things like this? Exactly, so it's, don't worry about it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just trying to get people that aren't fans to become fans. And it's like, it's not the low-hanging fruit. Like, I, the Billy Gunn thing, and again, I thought that was shit, and I thought that was low-hanging fruit of let's just get Billy Gunn or whatever. Chris Jericho is not that. There's a different scope of there's a different level when you got chris jericho here so no i have no problem with this whatsoever yeah i saw what they were trying to do with billy gunn it was just a poor idea yeah it was stupid jericho's a good idea right so yeah it's whatever so uh and in storyline in japan omega um has been saying there's two main events i know jericho's been blabbing back and forth between naito that that you know it's a double main event or whatever so again it it, it's fine but again it gives naito some motivation for the anti you know people then take it as a shoot that it's like them sledding naito but i I see it as nothing more than you know naito can win and then say you know i was in the real main event those guys don't know what the hell they're talking about or whatever i have the title blah 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 you know what i mean like that's his character he's anti-establishment so they're gonna have anti-establishment stuff but the thing with jericho to me that's interesting is will you get a second and a third match out of him um, because I think that he's uh, a perfect guy to put on a New Japan USA show. And I think he's also obviously a perfect guy for the Young Bucks and Omega to book on their little uh, – or their, I'm sorry, the Bucks and Cody to book on. Yeah. Well, I think the issue with the, the, the USA one is I think he's on tour with Fozzie during that. Because he's not going to be at Mania now officially because he's on tour with Fozzie. So okay. Right. I don't know. So, I don't think he's coming back for those shows. Yeah, if he pops up in the in the summer or something. I mean, obviously, yeah, the Cody ones. That's a, that's no brainer. You put him on the the, the all in shows, but I don't think he's going to be. I mean, unless he in between Fozzie shots can fly to Japan or, or fly to you know L A or whatever. But I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't aware of that tour, but I mean, either way, I mean, it, it's 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 is it a one off or if it's successful, do you try to get a little more out of him? And if it's successful, he'd be more apt to do more. You know, he's yeah, he's a performer. He likes the spotlight. And, um, you know, if if I'm curious to see if there'll be more to come. And we, right. it, it, it's too early to tell now. And then, look, here's the other thing. If he has a terrible match, Omega's not going to be interested anymore. Omega's whole deal is that he has great matches. That's very important to him. That's his gimmick. His gimmick is that he has great matches. Right. So he's not going to want to work another match with a guy if the chemistry is bad or Jericho just can't hang anymore or whatever the case may be. So there's that factor that goes along too. So we have to see how the match comes off. But uh, but yeah, I got no problem with Axis pushing that as as the as the drill. Why would you not? I mean, it would be ridiculous for them not to. 
Right, that's the match that American fans, that are casual American fans, are going to be attracted to, and that's yeah, that's, Axe that's is trying to grow their audience. Why would they not right. try to grow their audience? And, that's and they're the hoping that you watch because oh, hey, Jericho, I know him, and oh, that, I've heard a lot about that Ken Omega guy. And then you watch yeah. the main event, and you go, oh shit, Okada and Omega or, and Naito are really fucking awesome. I guess I'm all in on this thing now. Yeah, all they're trying to do, they're trying to hook you, yes. and then they're not going to, you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to be about the the big guys and all that sort of stuff. But and and again, I've seen a lot of people getting angry about Jericho saying like, oh, well, we're the real main event, or I'm the best wrestler in the world, and all that stuff. It's Chris fucking Jericho. He's a oh wrestler. He's they, a character. They, they, guys, they're working. He's, he's a rock star. He's a rock. Star. That's his character. He's a fucking rock. He's a delusional rock star that thinks he's the best. He thinks Fozzie's the best too. Like you know, it's it's not a shoot. It's pro wrestling. Oh, Guys promote themselves. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's oh, amazing. Jericho's delusional. He thinks the best wrestler in the world. He doesn't. He knows he's not. He's a smart dude. Like, it's promoting <laughs> match. What are we doing? Why is this, what is pro wrestling? People have lost sight with pro wrestling. Oh yeah, Jesus! Okay. The shoot. He's shooting on Naito. No, he's no, he's not. I don't doesn't carry either, but uh, anyway, as far as this other access stuff, access will be broadcasting eleven consecutive hours of New Japan on one six. As there will be a marathon that starts at noon, uh, airing some of the biggest matches of the month. You got uh, Omega Tomohiro Ishii, uh, that's in the U.S. title final. You got Omega versus Naito G One Climax final. Omega versus Juice Robinson from Kobe. Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling special, which is Okada and Evil, Omega and Trent Beretta, and the Naito and Ishii. Uh, and, and Kushida and, and Will Ospreay should add there too from Simo Hall. And then, yeah, that'll be it. And that will air again. So they're going to show the, the, the King of Pro Wrestling twice in a row that there's kind of big special about that. And then it'll be lead in then to Wrestle Kingdom. So, real awesome lineup there of <laughs> 11 hours of fucking incredible New Japan matches. So, and I, I know a lot of people listening to this have seen all those matches and that, and that kind of thing. We tell you over and over, and it's true, there are people who follow the company via Axis. Yep. And this is going to be uh, a, a real big deal um, to those fans. And, and this is, uh, you know, the fact that Axis continues to get behind New Japan like this. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it shows that it's been successful. I mean, they, exactly. they, why would they do it? No, 11 hours of programming to right. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, if, if 15 people were watching this thing, if, if you know, if 1,000 people were, it, it's got to be decent numbers. They got to be doing well. So it's cool. I mean, there's a lot of fans that we might not talk to. You know what I mean? Like everybody that you talk to on Wrestling Twitter quote-unquote wrestling Twitter, is not who's watching this stuff. There are a lot of people under there that are well, watching Well, if you follow so, Axis, they retweet a lot of the tweets they get while the show is on from people. Right, and they're people it's that we just, have no clue with. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's people who are saying, oh, wow, I've been looking forward to this match. It's a match that took place five months ago. Right. They, they follow the product through the Axis show. And the, what New Japan has to find a way to do is turn that into New Japan World subscriptions. Right, and they've done a poor job of, of sort of parlaying the New Japan World. Very poor a job. Part of that. Yeah, Jim Ross and Barnett will not mention New Japan World. They mention Axis. Which is ridiculous. Right, and they should. So there, there's got to be there's got to be something there. That they there's got to be some to synergy, and there just hasn't been. Right, yeah, that's been, that's been an issue, unfortunately. All right, you ready to get to these questions? We've got some good ones here. Yeah, let's go. All right, so you got CKKJ14. He says, as that's the, Isle, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the Isle of Man guy. It is indeed. He says, the Voices of Wrestling's number one fan is coming from Mania. All right, the, 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 the Voices of Wrestling's number one fan in Isle of Man, which is our number one podcast, and we are the number one podcast in the Isle of Man, and we are uh, Isle that's of Man's number one. Yeah, we're, we're just we're, we're hugely over there, and he is the top dog of Isle of Man. I says, he's coming to Mania. Will either of you two be there to talk about how the Blue Jays are going to go to the World Series this year? Okay, Rich won't be there because whoopsh, whoopsh, oh. he's got to go to California with the wife. Got to go. I mean, I, I, I was I, I going to California. I, I know what it was, Joe. I, I went old it. school yeah. with you. I, I gave you the whipping sound. 
old ball and chain. Wow. Even do the uh, yeah. That's hard to make the noise. You got to do. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know if I'll be there either. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> what the fuck are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I will be. I will be. Okay, put it this way. Um, I'll be there for at least a couple of shows. I I don't know if I'm staying the whole weekend. I don't know. I'm a busy man. We'll see. You gonna be with the lovely Brittany that weekend or what? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, if I'm going okay. to New Orleans, I won't be. Well, when you come back, or is that why you're coming back? I mean, no. I just you know okay. you, you know. I, your job, no, things going fun. on. It's a little, it's a little early to project. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying to go. I owe Alan and Sarah dinner. That's got to be paid off because, you know, it's not like I'm skipping off to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> you should just do that instead. Yeah. On the weekends, you know what I mean. So, I'll be in New Orleans. Yes. Okay. How about that? I will be in New okay, Orleans. Okay. Well, then you can talk to him about the Blue Jays are going to go to the World Series, and I don't know what the hell well, they're not. They're not going to the World going. Series. What are you talking about? You can take a hike with that. Well, first uh, off, I'm, I'm amazed. That I, I, I like that there's an Isle of Man baseball fan. That's pretty cool. But why he chose the Blue Jays, I don't know. I know the Blue Jays are not going to the World Series. So uh, Joe will talk to you about the Blue Jays, but I don't think it's going to be about how they're going to the World Series. You might, you know. They're not going to the World Series. No. Um, we haven't had any hot stove, though, so maybe the Blue Jays will make some big moves. <laughs> yeah, they signed so they signed Otani, and I, I mean, they got to sign a lot of people for the Blue Jays to go to the World Series. But, uh, Didn't this I ask about five star matches or something. Why isn't this on the run sheet? I took notes here. Oh, he did. Oh, do you want the, do you want that one too? Okay. Well, I took the fucking notes. I might as well run he it said, down. Also, right? what matches have you given five stars to this year? So go ahead. Do you want to? Oh, okay, there it is. Yeah, you have a lot. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, is he asking Wait, me or you? Because I, I think he's asking. Uh, go ahead. I know you have a log nice and ready to go. So I don't, I've given I don't five one. matches five stars. Oh, see, I thought you had a lot more. That's why I deleted. It. I didn't want you to list off like fifteen things. And okay. last week I said I gave three Naito matches five stars. That's not true. I gave three five-star matches to Redacted, believe it or not. So I've got, ok- I've got Okada Omega on 1-4. Naito versus Redacted on 2-11. Um, Omega versus Ishii on 7-2. Okada versus Redacted on 7-22. And, uh, and Omega versus Redacted on 7-27. Can you believe that? <laughs> three. Whoops. <laughs> You know, so Big Mike had a big year yeah. in Joe Lanza's notebook. So did Okada. Well, Omega had Omega had three as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and Okada had two. I've never, I have never given out five five star matches in a year. That's insane. I only have ever had more than two. Some years I have none. And that's actually an interesting list because I don't think that's like if if I'm going over my head of which ones I had five. I don't know that I have even the same that you do. And I, I think I have probably, probably not. five, five or six or whatever. I would definitely give the, uh, not the D- Dominion Okada Omega. That was, but I thought that G1, I gave that five stars. I fucking love that one. The, the G1 um, semifinal uh, between those two. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the other ones. I mean, you got yeah. Shibata and Okada. That's definitely one that I think was up there for me uh, as well. I don't have it in front of me again, so I, I, I could try to get, but I, I think, yeah, I have a, I have a few more, but I don't think it's any of those uh, redacted matches that you mentioned. So it's kind of interesting that we, we, we have different ones. None of the Elgin matches, Naito Elgin? Nah, uh, they, didn't, they didn't reach that level for me. And then it was um, Elgin Okada and Elgin Omega both at G1. Yeah, I, those, neither of them really did that for me. Neither of them really did. I think uh, I have believe the Ishii Omega one that you're talking about as well. I'd have to, I'd have to fire that up. Was from, exactly. that, see, that one, um, 
that was the New Japan USA show. Yeah, I, think that, I mean that one's gonna get lost in the shuffle, man. This is gonna be crazy. This is gonna be a crazy match of the year season. This is gonna be nuts. Like, there's there's so many things that are gonna work against one another. There's there's everyone's got these different range of matches. It's it's gonna be insane. But yeah, like just that right there. You, you know, you have your most ever five star matches, and I don't think I even have half of the ones that you have in my yeah. five star list. So it's it's just, it's been a crazy crazy year. So. We'll see. All right. Mr. Joe Gagne asks, the best and worst match you ever witnessed live? Probably um, something. It's got to be something from Ring of Honor, I would think. I, I Ones that come to mind are Kenta versus Nigel McGuinness from Hammerstein in 2009. I remember Missy Hyatt was at that match as well, and she said it was it might have been the best match she's ever seen live as well. I mean, she's probably seen some things. Um, well, <laughs> in a wrestling sure, yes. ring. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, also, 2009, Kenta Davy Richards in Houston. A few months later, WrestleMania weekend. Um, you know, if that didn't have that botched finish we always talk about, it would have been a five star match for me. Uh, Kenta really had a great 2009, and then he blew out his knee like later in the year. But despite the fact he missed a few months, it was one of the all-time great years, in my opinion. And he's never quite been the same since that blown-out knee. Um, but yeah, those those two matches instantly come to mind. But I, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting. Whenever Brian Danielson and Austin Aries got together in Ring of Honor, and I saw them wrestle a couple of times, those matches were always incredible. Those are my favorite Brian Danielson matches whenever he wrestled Aries. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with those off the top of my head. Worst match? Do you have one for that? Uh, see, I have a tough time with worst match because I tend to just kind of forget them afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, good matches stay in my brain, but worst matches, I'm kind of like, well, that sucked, and then it kind of goes away. I mean, a recent example, I saw a Rachel Ellering Kylie Ray match that was just fucking terrible live. It was just like, just yeah. complete disaster. It was, it was like one of those, you know, when the, and we talked, and Rachel Ellering's had a banner year for that. Like, where, when a match falls apart, she has like no idea how to get back on track. And that's yeah. one of those where, like, everybody in the ring is just like, oh, just, just end this. It's over. And, like, nothing worked. It's like, let's do a schoolboy. Well, I don't know. Like, neither party. And they were fine before that, but they reached a point where they forgot what they were going to do or something got fucked up. And the last two minutes were just excruciatingly awkward. It was just like, go home. It's over. It's done. And the ref miscounted. It was just like, oh, God. Like, the ref counted three, and someone was supposed to kick out, and then they kept going. And it was just like, oh, God. It was disaster but then uh, one of the ones that i remember that sticks out though there was a kane undertaker match i watched uh it was night of champions 2010 i believe Fucking you were there horrible. oh god <laughs> it was so bad yeah it was in chicago and it was just like those two brawling in the crowd for like uh, what felt like 25 minutes it was just like oh yeah i mean for me it'd probably be something where people brawled in the crowd you know i can't stand that. yeah right um but i did i do recall a sarah del rey versus nevea match Nevea Rich is heaven spelled backwards. No, I, I've heard, so I've heard, yes. Um, <laughs> where um, it was really bad, and then Del Rey kind of whiffed on the finish. She was supposed to kick her in the head, kind of like the Orton punt. And she missed so badly that she lost her balance and nearly fell over, but they, but she still pinned her. Yeah, those are really bad. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, there's probably been comedy matches that were awful that I've seen or. 
at you know when I've been to TV tapings, there's probably been mad like at you know at, at Raws or SmackDowns. I'm sure there was some. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's been way worse ones that I've I've seen, but those those kind of always stick out. As far as best matches, I got Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, Punk. Oh yeah, yeah. that's. Neat. I mean, that's one. And then the one that really sticks out for me as well, uh, one of my best moments on the Indies was uh, Generico and Steen versus the Briscoes at Ladder War. Uh, that was awesome. I mean, that was just crazy, crazy stuff there. So that's definitely one of them. And there's a bunch of other Ring of Honor matches too, but those stick out in my mind as like transcendent, you know, matches. And, and if uh, I so really broke, if I really went and looked at all those Ring of Honor shows I went to for that three year period, I'm probably forgetting so many great. Oh, matches. sure, for sure. I'm definitely forgetting a bunch. I mean, yeah. Right off the top of my head, I mean, how about um, I know it. You know, oddly, it didn't really hold up uh, years later when I watched it, but um, Claudio Castagnoli versus El Generico, Edison, New Jersey race to the top tournament live i couldn't stop talking about that match for days so you know the people the friends that i went with and things like that i watched it back about two or three years ago and it didn't really hold up which again that's why i'm not a real big fan of rewatching stuff it's like because in the moment yeah and it kind of sullied your your thought on it yeah. now you're like you're like oh it's like leave the memories alone <laughs> right. it's like the, it's like the guerrero malenko match from ecw which you know the first time i saw that match on tv you know um it, it was just the greatest thing i ever saw you know and it's like i didn't watch it again for like a decade and then you get desensitized you, you see you know wrestling evolves and progresses and people get better at it and then you you go back and watch that match i went back and watched that match and i like well, that was such an emotional match, too, that I think that's another one that, that in the moment or in that time period, it kind of works a little bit better than, you know. It just it doesn't re- – like, if that match happened right now, it wouldn't register at all. It's a three Right, match. yeah, 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 but for it, sure. But that doesn't matter because in 1995, it was a fucking five-star match. It was awesome. And like you said, the emotion, too, all those things. So One guy that does hold up, though, in, in any time of rewatch is, like, Rey Mysterio shit. Like you yeah. watch that, I watched that Rey Mysterio psychosis ECW match oh, like yeah. a few months ago. I was like, dude, these guys are doing stuff that if, if you transported that match and put it on Bola, it'd be like the most fuck. It'd be the best match on this year's Bola. The Juventud like, Guerrero match too. Oh yeah, yeah. If they changed nothing. They could just take that exact same match, throw it into a PW, and it'd be the best thing on the entire show. Like, which is nuts that those dudes, you know, twenty years ago were doing stuff that still blows our minds. You know, still yeah. blows my mind in terms of, of high flying and stuff. Yeah, the Hurricane Rano off the crow's nest and everything. Oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah, it's yeah. great stuff. Those matches are awesome. All right. Uh, Planet asks, uh, and this is all these questions come from the Voice of Wrestling forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums. says, what do you make of outsiders slowly coming back to Noah, both Tanaka's, Miyamoto, even Sakamoto and Okabayashi for some events? Is it too generous to think that it gestures progress in recovery for New Japan or uh, uh, Noah? No. I mean, if they're going to spend money on outsiders, I mean, there were a lot of outsiders in, in the uh, Global League. Yeah. Masato Tanaka and um, um, Kazuma Sakamoto and... and um, and uh, uh, Miyamoto and, and people like that. And, and of course, um, Okabayashi, I believe, was originally booked for it, but then got injured. Um, or was it Sakamoto? One or the other. One of them was definitely booked for it, but got injured. Um, so, yeah, that, that look, they're, they're trying. They're trying. So that is a good sign. Yeah, it's definitely good. Uh, Tim Dog asks, uh, who are some indie wrestlers on the verge of breaking out? And, I, and he says, by breaking out, I mean going from lesser-known independent wrestlers to top-tier ones like what Keith Lee and Joey Janela were able to do this year. Joe, do you have any off the top of your head? Because I, I got a few that I, I'm, I'm thinking about. Uh, you go first. Okay, well, the ones that I'm really thinking about, and again, this is when I mentioned the ramifications of, of whatever's going on with this big Mike thing. I think all those Glory Pro St. Louis guys, like Myron Reed's, um, those sort of guys, I think they that whole little group, especially Myron Reed is a guy who definitely sticks out. 
uh, to me as one that could really break out if given the time and if given the platform. And I hope that this big Mike thing does not kind of bleed into those guys and that it's still able to do it. Because I think Myron Reed, even though he's doing AEW and stuff, he's on the lower cards or whatever, but I think he is a guy that's awesome and he's only he's still super young. I think in a few years that's going to be a guy that's just incredible. And I think even this next year, I mean, I don't even think it's a few years. It can be a guy that like in the next, you know, nine to ten months could be a guy that's main eventing, you know, indies. I think he's that good. And and, and there's a few other guys in the Glory Pro crew that, that are that good as well. So I, I do hope that those are able to do it because I think every one of those guys is capable of breaking out. I think Myron Reed's a great pick. I saw him actually have a match again. I just watched the uh, 1014 AAW show. I think it was the second round of the lineup or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a dead and, night one, yeah. Yeah, or night, was it night one or night two? The one. Or you watched night two. You watched night Reed. Uh, I, I went to night one. You you watched um, night two. I, I watched night two. two. Yeah. It was Elgin, Myron Reed, and it was one of the best indie matches I've seen. Yeah, I heard he gave him a lot, too, which was cool. That he, like, he gave him a yeah. ton. A game a ton. So I think um, he's a real good pick. Uh, MJF is a guy. Yeah. Right? Oh, Start great call. Yeah, already. great call. So um, he'd be my pick. And then there's, you know, the Australian guys too. So uh, I think the Australian scene is only going to get bigger. I watch that. I, did we have the question? Did we have a question about Okada Slex? Uh, no, no go ahead and talk about it now. I watched Okada versus Slex on New Japan World today. And uh, Slex is one of the Australian guys I haven't seen. Apparently, he was returning. The storyline was he was returning to Melbourne Championship Wrestling, Melbourne City Wrestling. I'm sorry, um, for the Okada match. That uh, was his big return. Man, did this guy come off as a star? Now, look, I know he's working with Okada, and Okada, like like Elgin did for Reed, gave the guy a ton. He really looked like a superstar. I, Rich, you got to watch his match. It'll be well worth your time. Okay, I'll go out of my way. Um, Okada is incredible. It's another great match for him. Slex looked great. But you've got that whole crew of Australian guys. I mean, if you if you want to consider that guys like Robbie Eagles and, and Brooks and Jonah Rock, if you want to say that they broke out this year, I don't know if you want to say that, if you consider that a breakout, work in PWG and those sorts of things, work in Osprey. But there's a whole nother crew of Australian guys. Um, your Damian Slaters and uh, and your and your people like that who are who are who are on the verge as well. Um, Logan Gray, guys yeah. like that. Logan Gray's got a cool look. Yeah, cool look for him. So yeah, yeah. And then, you know, this selects who I was very impressed with. So um, you know, I'm going to keep pushing that Australian agenda. I tried to tell people, and it's it's starting to happen. Did you see, uh, WWE might run a pay per view in Australia next year. Completely by uh, accident, I'm sure. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, yeah. As exactly. usual, you know, they're they're yeah. they like doing this. So yeah. But that's how you know it's you've arrived when WWE is now trying to stop on you. So there you go. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking of Jonah Rock, I know that um, um, New Japan is aware of him. He was at the New Japan tryout. So um, from what I understand, um, he'll he he may not be on New Japan shows this year, but he'll have some some New Japan guys might come to him. Yeah, they have their eye on him. One or another, they have their eye on him. Yeah, and they have their eye on that entire region as well. They got the training camp getting set up and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a region they're going to start using. I mean, if Jay White's not another example. He has their eye on it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, whole region, the whole New Zealand, Australia, that's it's going to be a big market coming up pretty soon, which is cool. It's awesome to see those new things. And it's it's great that, like, that we don't have borders anyway. Like, imagine, like, the access that we have to Australian wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It yeah. used to be great to get a tape of Japanese wrestling. And that was like, and now we just like, somebody just slides in our DMs like, hey, here's this good Australian wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like, how cool is that? That that can now be a region that just explodes. Yeah. 
it's, it's awesome. Know. It's really cool. All right, Sue Williams, voice wrestling contributor, says advice for a struggling college student. I don't like to hear the struggling part, Sue. What's going on? But uh, quit. <laughs> jeez, I don't know about. It. I think he's pretty deep in. Nah, quit. Go do something else with your time. Is that bad advice? That's pretty bad advice. Yeah, he's pretty deep in. I would say just don't worry about it because I think one of the things that I really realized once it was all said and done is how worthless it kind of was. It's great to get you know pay a bunch of money to get some shitty piece of paper so you can get a terrible job or whatever. But once it's all said and done, like you're you're, you're kind of done with it. You know what I mean? So just get through it. Don't worry about it. Do whatever you got to do to just get that damn piece of paper, and then you get that paper, and then nobody ever cares ever again. Find the campus ne'er do wells and cheat. <laughs> Well, I don't know if he's struggling like academically or or emotion. I don't know what what the struggle is. He just says this advice for struggling student. Joe says quit. Don't listen to Joe. Go I would down say to the bookstore and get those cliff notes. Right. I would say just give it a half-assed effort. Don't care about it. I mean, and that, I I mean that in all sincerity. Like I I I think college is important for some aspects, but like at the end of the day, there's reaches a certain point where you're not going to really. It's not going to matter. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever job you get, it, it largely will not matter what the hell you did in college. So listen, you know what I mean. Just go home and watch wrestling. <laughs> don't tell them that <laughs> write some more reviews for us that will definitely uh <laughs> so write some more european reviews that will definitely help but yeah don't quit but uh don't don't worry about it don't stress about it when it's all said and done, a few hot girls pack it in and go home you know just get, yeah and then at the end of the day then you'll get your miserable job and then your miserable life and just then tell them you're on the football team <laughs> yeah Terrell, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna answer any more of the advice columns <laughs> Joel's advice columns are not uh not great here but uh that's good, but suits. There you go. Don't struggle. You're good. Oh, it's all good. I think you're you're almost you're in the home stretch, I believe. So you're good. Just get through it, and it'll be all over soon. Uh, Stitchell asks, "What are your thoughts on the uh, future prospects of some of the top guys in the second rung Japanese promotions?" What I mean is, what are the chances of seeing guys like Miyahara and Ashino ending up in New Japan? It seems like they'll eventually outgrow where they are at the moment. Miyahara is coming to the UK next year. Will these guys travel and find a bigger stage? Well, I'll answer that pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. More times than not, no, because. Loyalty is huge in Japan. So, no, I don't think Kento like Miyahara is going to say, hey, thanks, June. Fuck off. I'm going to New Japan. Yeah, it's just not how it works. They, they, people always bring this up from time to time. These guys aren't going anywhere. It doesn't work like that. Unless these promotions fold or they have a falling out with with – Yeah, a, like you have the Baba situation where he dies and everybody says, well, fuck off. We hate his wife. We're leaving. Or you know, the burning situation with All Japan and Noah mentioned Go Shiozaki earlier. It always has to be something like that. If Jun Akiyama got fired tomorrow – Maybe then Kento Miyahara and five other guys are going to say, fuck off, we're going to leave or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, that's all. Kento is not just going to say, hey, yeah, I'm out of here. Bye. Like, that's just generally people do not jump unless there's strife. It just doesn't happen. Right. They want to build up the promotion that they're in. That's the goal for them. That's the accomplishment is, is growing what I'm in right now. And the loyalty works both ways. They give them jobs for life. Right. So, no, I, none of them are, are going anywhere. In, unless, of course, some unpredictable thing where, you know, like I said, Junakiyama gets fired or whatever. Some new company takes over, and those benevolent, guys are benevolent yeah. jumps are incredibly rare in Japan. Right, it's yeah. got to be due to to some of them kind of strife or controversy, or it just doesn't happen. You, you know, New Japan is not going to just you know raid for Kento Miyahara. It just doesn't work like that. You know, and and it's like you know, it's, guys will go freelance if they're unhappy for a while or for a few years, and then maybe you could pick up a guy like Sonata who's been freelancing for a while or something like that, or, you know, Kenny Omega was one of the rare, like, benevolent jumps. He just made a jump. You, you get one a decade. It just doesn't, it, it's not how it works. 
So well, like, even the Sonata thing, like he had to eat shit for like a ye- two years in America. You know what I mean? And like pretend like he wanted to be in America until he could finally go back and just kind of be like, all right, I guess. Yeah, he, and, and, and even again, then, it took went... a while for him to get a contract. Yeah, it didn't even get a contract. That's right, and we don't even know if he has one. Right, exactly. We don't even know if he has one. And and again, he went freelance for a while. You know, remember he was working um, Big Japan show. Was it Big Japan? Yeah, he worked a Big Japan show for sure. He was working Big Japan shows and Wrestle One shows at the same time, and then he was freelance. And you know, he came back from America as a freelance. Sometimes guys will go freelance and then end up somewhere else. But Ken Somiyahara is not going freelance. <laughs> no, it's no, yeah. no. It's yeah, like the, no is also not going freelance. Yeah, he's talking about aces. Aces aren't just jumping. No, it no, just that's... it's it's not going to. Again, maybe once a decade. Like historically, there have been jumps. Tenru used to jump around, and you know, it's not like it's not like it's unheard of. But it's very, very rare. Right. And, and Tenru's situation was a guy coming with a wheelbarrow full of money and him going, oh, well, geez. <laughs> I'd be stupid and also not to Tenru's do this. Yeah. starting his own promotions. And right, right, right. Not right. working out. And then, yeah, it just, it's, it's incredibly rare. Not unheard of, but don't count on it. Yeah, I would, I would not count on either of those two guys or, or many other guys doing it. So uh, Mr. Joshude asks, do you guys have any plans down the line for a trip to Japan to watch some Pro Live? At some point, I'm going to go to Japan, yes. Yeah, I will too. I'm gonna go to Japan at some point. I don't know when, but I, I'm, I, you know, unless I get hit by a bus or something, I'm gonna go there before. Yeah, I you know, I'll be there for sure. It's just it's a time and money thing for me, so it's you know. Yeah. And Joe needs somebody to hold his hand, and I think I kind of do too. So, yeah, I'm, so, I'm terrified. I'm scared to death. Yeah, we gotta go but, when someone else is there, but we're good. I, I think I'll pick it up quicker than you, but I, I'm still a little terrified as well. It's an intimidating language. I have no interest in learning the language. It's too intimidating. Um, but. Yeah, and it's 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 I'm terrified at the idea. I, I there's no way I'd go by myself. There's no chance I'm stepping off a plane in Tokyo and just bouncing around Japan for a week and a half by myself. I would definitely need someone on the other side. Now we've got some friends over there who I'm sure would help us out. Yeah, so. I mean we got a nice little network that we've grown. So I think I think I think we'd be okay when when eventually we do decide to go over. So yeah, be fine. But are you one of the? Are you not going to eat it like McDonald's the entire time? Are you? No, I would like to you try the. the Food, okay, I thought I mean, you said, like don't be the don't be the McDonald's guy. Don't, no, if I was good. by myself, I would because I I wouldn't. I'd be afraid I wouldn't know how to order off the menu. Or, right, right, right. Okay, I got. But that. you know, if it, yeah, no, I would. You know, I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, I I'm not gonna go to TGI Fridays every night. No. Well, you but, might meet uh, who you might you might meet a Kira Tozawa there. Who else was there when the our, our crew went? I think there. they went with Tozawa. They went with Tozawa. yeah. Tozawa was there. That was pretty fun. Yeah. But he, it makes sense that Tozawa would occasionally think TJ Fridays, but nobody in America should go to TJ Fridays when you're in Japan. What are you doing? <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, Steiner. I can see going like one night. No, yeah. fuck off. No, you're not going to TJ Fridays. Where do you think you're going? You think you're going to fucking, I don't I even know, like, like Kabuki Steakhouse or whatever. I'm, I'm eating at wrestler every night or some shit. I'm only eating at wrestler steakhouses. That's all I'm eating. So listen. You're gonna I'm grab ramen? sandwiches at 7 Eleven like everybody Hell else no. does. No, I'm, I'm grabbing yeah. ramen all day. I didn't eat. I ate all like authentic. When I was in Italy, I didn't eat. Any, they had all that stuff. I didn't eat any of that shit, like the Americanized stuff. Why bother? Yeah. I can eat that shit here. I would like to go to the American restaurants just to see the differences. That I would That'd be, be yeah, like that. Yeah, like you know, just walk into a McDonald's maybe and see what it's like, just to kind of like what is this burger with a moth on it? You know, like, shit like <laughs> the, moth, the, the famous you know? Japanese moth burgers. Yes. Well, I don't know. Maybe they eat moths. I don't know what they eat over there, but I'm just saying. Like, I don't think they eat moths. Well, in some cultures, there's probably some weird shit on the fucking McDonald's. You're, no, you're right. No, they have weird ones. They have, they have like, um, what do they have in Japan? I forgot. They have, 
They have like weird colored stuff. Like there's like those black buns that they have. No, they're, yeah, there's definitely yes, some weird ones. Yes. They have like peanut butter to sun. There's some weird ones there, if I remember correctly. It's just they it's different cultures eat different. They have so the pizza. Gotta... I think they have the, the McDonald's pizzas there too. If I remember mm. correctly, the McDonald's, the famed McDonald's. That's pizzas. what I mean. I would be interested in that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna eat at wrestler steakhouses the entire time. So um, then I'll probably have a heart attack on the plane home, but that's fine. Gordy style. All right, uh, Steiner on the forklifts. As a fellow small dog owner, what are the best Christmas gifts? For your small dog. Oh, I can answer that. Yeah, let's go. Um, no, we can. We both. That's why he asked us. He knows yeah, we're th- small dog owners. There are none because they're dogs. They don't know. <laughs> you don't buy your dogs. They gifts. don't understand. You're an asshole. You're a bad. They don't have your dogs. Don't have stockings. Uh, no, they do not have You're stockings. Sorry. Now, now, am I going to sit here and tell you that I've never given my dog a a gift on Christmas? No, but let's face it. That's it's for the humans to be silly. You know, the dogs don't understand. They're dogs. They don't know what's going on. Oh, I you know? They do. You wrap it up. They tear it apart. They know. You, you know, you put a little treat in there. They, they might sniff it and rip, rip it apart. But they're fucking dogs at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> it's another day to them. Your advice is terrible. I, I hate your advice, sir. Speaking of which, let me tell you. It's snowing right now. In College Station, Texas? Everywhere in Texas. Uh-oh. In I, did see, I did see a San Antonio Spurs tweet about it. Uh, it's snowing, so that makes sense. My backyard has an inch of snow oh, right no. now, which I know this is a disaster. Inch, college Station, right? Like this, this it's this, a fucking this disaster. Is shut down, it's, right? Yeah. A, tornado alarms going off. People are burning, looting. I was reminded of this because of the dogs. Cinder blocks are going confused. through walls. <laughs> oh yeah, how are those? Dogs? You probably open that door and they're looking at you like, "What the, in the fuck?" They didn't, well, the Chihuahua turned around and came right back. Yeah, down. that's that's my dachshund. And the Boston Terrier looked at me like. I'm not fucking going, what is that? <laughs> but she had the shit. So she eventually went out and she took a shit and it was like steaming. There was steam coming off the shit because she's got hot shit coming out of her bowels and it's hitting that cold snow. And it was like just, Thanks oh, for man. describing that in excruciating detail, Joe. I had no idea. But... Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll actually answer your question because uh, Joe's was no good. Um, I, I, I always put like a, it depends what you, see the problem is like squeak toys people love and like my dogs love but i don't particularly love the squeak toys because like i try to do this podcast and they they find squeak toy uh so i don't go with the squeak toys but um one i've always liked it depends what kind of dog you have but uh if you have to, if you only have one the the kong toy where you can throw like peanut butter in there and they can lick it out or whatever that they, they do enjoy that one a lot that's always one that uh, i enjoy any rope toy i enjoy you know playing a little tug that's always fun um yeah, I don't know. Those are probably my favorite. I got this one where there's like little squirrels that you put in a uh, – it's like a little tree trunk. And you throw these little squirrels in there, and then they try to dig them out or whatever. They, they enjoyed that one. That was a pretty fun game until they were – Oh, this squirrels. is but, awful. Uh, They're dogs. Who cares? They're- they don't know. It's Christmas. You're a bad person. So you don't give your dogs any Christmas toys? No, nothing? I do, but they don't know that it's Christmas. Oh, you know sure what I mean? They're they just dogs. Oh, you dress them up in their Santa costumes and – uh, they don't, yeah. Okay. Stuff on your dogs and laugh at them, right? Sure. Joe, say the MLB expands to 32 teams and the Rays move out of Tampa. What three cities do you put these teams in and what names are you giving them? I don't I'm, know. I'm very uncreative about the names, but the cities. question. The cities, Montreal's getting one for sure. Um, Probably. Probably like somewhere in North Carolina. Isn't that like a hot yeah, spot? Yeah, like right Charlotte. Yeah, everyone's been talking about Charlotte for a while. I guess Portland. I don't know. I think I, NHL. I don't want to expand to 32 teams. Yeah, I don't really want to. I don't want to expand either. <laughs> yes. 
the door is open for Vegas now, I think, with the uh, hockey mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. So might be too hot oh, though, yeah. to play. Well, there's a there's a triple A team in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The was it the Dodgers affiliate? I think uh, Mets. Or Matt, that's, that's right, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think um, I mean, Montreal for sure is, is one that should definitely get one of these teams, whether it be the Oakland A's or the Rays or whatever. But, yeah, I don't, I don't want to expand. I, I, don't, I don't think expand is very good. I don't think Charlotte and Portland and stuff need teams. So, Sorry, that's a bad answer to that question. But, all right, so Headlock asks, I know it's not really about match quality with the NWA, but do you guys think the lack of fantastic or even good matches will hurt their hype? Yes. Um, this is cute for now. But these Josephus matches are going to kill him. Um, I see people giving up already because the matches, like, like the, the Aldis match was passable. The first Josephus match was horrendous. The second Josephus match wasn't much better. They need to start having better matches. It, you're not going to be carried forever by these promos if the matches can't even reach three stars. You've got to have at least decent matches, and they're not delivering decent matches right now. Um, I know that better workers are coming down the pike, though. I'm not going to give them away, but I know what's coming. Keep an eye on that CZW show. They're going to run an angle there, um, and there's going to be a, a big-time indie wrestler in the mix at that point that everyone will be happy with. But the match quality has to improve. You can't. They can't keep trotting out these horrible matches. That That is going to be a problem for them. Yeah, there's a working standard at, at a certain point. I know it's story based and all that stuff's really great and well and and whatever, but there is a working standard for for the 2017, and and you can't get by on stories alone. So yeah, the stories are gonna have to match up with in ring at some point pretty soon here. So I don't know when, but it, it's gonna have to happen relatively soon. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like the, the yeah the Josephus ones are. I get what they're doing there, but yeah, that's gonna reach a, a, a boiling point. That guy's yeah. a hell of a promo, but he, he cannot work. No, he should manage somebody that can work. <laughs> Which would be great, yeah. There's it's going to come. There's for him, but it's not in the ring. Sure, yeah. No, I'm right with you on that one. So, no, I think it is going to – it's not a problem right now, but I think it will eventually hurt the hype, and, and, and it's going to have to match up uh, here in a little bit. All right, uh, move along here because we're kind of running out of time here, so I'll kind of get to these last. Uh, this one was pretty good. Dries Barons asked, so what is your favorite sauce to dip French fries in? Spoilers, what? mine are mayonnaise and tartar sauce. Where the fuck does this guy live? I think he lives in, uh, oh, man, he lives in Germany or, or somewhere in Europe. So all right, right. first of all, that. mayonnaise is one of the few foods I will not put in my mouth. I cannot stand Oh, you've never had, you've, like, never had it, right? Mayonnaise is disgusting. I, have you I, ever I, had it? No, of course I have. I can't okay, stand okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. Because I have a friend that hates smell. things and has never had it. He's like, oh, fish is disgusting. I'm like, have you ever had fish? Like, no, I'm never going to eat that. Yeah, exactly. Like, we got to try it at least. Like, like, I don't disagree. Like, I like fish, but I, I don't. I don't disagree that you are going to think fish is terrible, but you have to at least try it before you decide. Like, I thought salmon was terrible until I ate salmon. I was like, oh, salmon's great. Okay, never mind. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I mean, I can't even smell mayonnaise without wanting to vomit. It's to that point. I cannot stand mayonnaise. And tartar sauce sucks, too. The only (laughs) acceptable sauce for a fish is a cocktail sauce. Okay. I like, I like a good but, tartar sauce on a cod and a, and a, and a yeah, I don't mind tartar sauce. I like a good tartar sauce on a cod, is what yeah. this man just said. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, but no, I'm not dipping French fries in either one of those things. That's fucking weird, man. The only thing I'm dipping, first of all, I'm not a big French fry guy, but the only thing I'm dipping French fries in is ketchup. You can't dip French fries in anything, but ketchup. come on. It's too gimmicky. To be dipping French fries in fucking tartar sauce. That's some Mike Quackenbush shit. Okay? <laughs> French fries go in ketchup. That's it. 
What about like uh, you got like your Zaxby's sauce or whatever the thing? Like uh, some weird like kind of paprika no. thing? No, you're, you're not. See, I would put that. I would. I would the chicken goes in the Zaxby's sauce. Now, look, I'm not saying if you run out of ketchup, you can't dip the fry in like you know, like you're saying the chicken sauce or whatever. That's fine. But that's only when you run out of ketchup. Look, fries go in ketchup. I, tartar sauce? What is this guy doing? <laughs> what about um, – oh, I was going to – guy's a disaster. What, what about cheese? What about melted cheese? The communist cheese that you're okay, What about right. if you melt it in a communist cheese? You can make like a chili cheese fry gimmick. I'm all right with that. Uh, the chili cheese fries is disgusting. I just want the cheese. Right, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Then you can make a cheese fry gimmick. I got okay. no problem with that. But again, if you're going to dip it in something, it's going got to be ketchup. What about like a ranch buffalo mix? No, ranch, no. Fuck oh, you're ranch. not a ranch guy either. Yeah, that's I forget about that. No. Despite ranch living in Texas. Breaks, <laughs> Despite living in Texas where when, yeah. you're, when you're born, you're given a bottle of ranch dressing. People you... like just fucking chug the shit. It's, it's fucking it's disgusting. Fucking disgusting. You, everything... You've shown me photos and it, it's it's horrifying to see what they people... dip everything in ranch dressing. It's, <laughs> it's really disgusting, yeah. They will they, they will and ruin like any food. Dressing, with but ranch there's a limit. I gotta limit the ranch. It's like I and I, I ranch isn't like some people have like a, a complete just you know, they fucking despise it or whatever. I, I you know, I, I ranch is fine, but like no, I'm not like Dipping my pizza in it. I'm not, you know. When you go to restaurants here and order salad, they assume ranch. They're just like, okay, ranch. Yeah, that's that's weird. Because I, I'm yeah, like, no. What else do you have? My, I want ranch. Yeah, it's my backup. It's like the what else do you, you know? When they only have shitty stuff, I'm like, yeah, fine, ranch is fine, whatever. But um, what about uh, as far as ketchups? Are you a spicy ketchup guy, or are you just like the straight ketchup? You're old school, you know, 1950s man. You just want the, you want the. If you want to do the spicy ketchup, that's fine. But it's got to be ke- – you can't be dipping fries in tartar sauce. I don't know what that's, planet this guy's on. That's Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that either. So. I feel like he's a plant. <laughs> John Carroll asks, a match that you really like from this year that has zero buzz or no one is talking about? Okay, I don't know – I got to tell you, the, the Willow Spray Ricochet match on night two of the best of the Super Juniors, I thought was maybe the best match they ever had, and I don't think it got nearly the hype that their other no, matches No, no one's really talking about that one at all. Yeah, no. You'd be, you'd be. I, that might make my top ten. I had that four three quarters. The other one, which I think this might be a cheating answer because it did get hype in real time, but it happened so long ago that no one's talking about it now, Goto Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom. That's when I've seen sort of emerging again. Um, I've seen a lot of people talking about it recently. I think when people Maybe are going SCP through their, their rewatches, they're like, they're like, oh, wait a minute, this was fucking awesome. Like, why did I forget about this? So, I think that I think that is one that's sort of getting up a little bit. But yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a, that's probably pretty good. I'm selection there. Mine is is one that I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if a lot of people have seen, but Zack Saber Jr. versus Chuck Taylor, uh, PWG. I forgot the actual name of the event. The DVD is somewhere. I actually bought the DVD and now I can't find it. Um, what the title was, that is one of the best story matches I've ever seen. For all the shit that PWG gets for just being a, a you know, faceless super indie that's no stories or whatever, that's as good of a story match as you're going to see all year. I, I fucking love that match. That, that's definitely going to be in my top five. And I think it's one that I don't see a lot of people talking about at all because it's just on a random PWG show. And I understand that if it's not bowl, a lot of people don't watch PWG or, or people eye roll PWG because I don't care. That is one. If you go, go out of your way to watch that match, because even if you eye roll PWG, I think you're going to find something you like in that match. It's, it's got everything. It's, it's, it's Zack Sabre Jr. to his asshole best. As well, I think I really think you would love it too. I really, really do. So definitely, if you get a chance, go out of your way uh, and try to watch it. I mean, Zack Saber takes like the because Chuck Taylor. It's one of these great things where Chuck Taylor keeps getting into the ropes. You know, Zack Saber Jr. keeps putting him in these locks, and and Taylor gets to the ropes. Well, Saber says "fuck off" and and takes the bottom rope off, 
Because he's like, no, 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 you're not using that shit anymore. He takes the bottom row off, and then you know Chuck yeah. Taylor then gets in a in a submission, and he's stuck in it for like five minutes. And the crowd, you know, and the crowd's like, oh. And then like, there's these moments he gets kind of close, and they're like, oh. And then it's over, and then he gets his foot on the ropes, and the place just fucking explodes. And it's just, it, it, it's a really awesome story match. It's really, really good. Desmond Xavier versus Shane Strickland versus Phoenix from Wrestle Circus in February. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe that that was probably the best live match I've seen all year. And, That's a live uh, match I saw you, was the, the Sammy G and then uh, ACH. Oh, that ACH? Was, yeah, that, that just popped up. So that, I don't expect that to get any well, I'm going to watch it this week. And I'll give you a sneaky TV match from ROH TV. Uh, War Machine versus Punisher Martinez and BJ Whitmer. Okay, interesting. Because no one would think that that'd be it. You know what I mean? But No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you're, you're correct. I would not. But... Probably fast forward right through that, that fucking map. But, but no, excellent match. All right, M. Levy seventy six asks Joe, "What is the best mall in Jersey?" Best mall in New Jersey. Best mall oh. in New Jersey. I'm not a not a big mall guy. But, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if Joe Lanz is the best mall guy, but all right. Joe, Joe Do you Lanz like a is mall? Not in the mall. Yeah, uh, Memo, Memo Park Mall. I think uh, I'm gonna go with Memo Park Mall. We're, we're talking to a very uh, small part of the audience here, but I think Woodbridge Center is too big. Okay. I don't like Jersey Gardens because it's too trashy. It's in a bad part of Jersey. Well, it's, 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 it's all it's New Jersey, though. Aren't they all a certain level of trash? Yeah, you've got a lot of nerve, friend. <laughs> I apologize. I'll, I'll, I'm done. I think Woodbridge Center is too big. I'm looking at this Menlo. Jersey. This Menlo Park looks pretty solid. I think I'd go there. It's a classy mall, too, Menlo Park. Yeah, it's all white. It's very gaudy, exactly as marble. I would assume a mall in New Jersey would look like. It's yeah, white marble, marble everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a white marble mall. Snow leopard print curtains everywhere. Or yes, yeah. awesome. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. This looks if I was gonna in my head design a mall that was in New Jersey, this is exactly what it would look like. Yes, yeah, that's the Menlo Park Mall. Absolutely. Um, that that'd be my pick. I think. Yeah, yeah that, that's my uh, mall pick. I that what I don't like. I don't like gigantic malls. I like kind of the the. the I don't like, like, there's some fun, like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, dead malls or, like, ghost malls or whatever, because we have a few malls here that are, like, there's, like, no one, there's, like, no stores there, there's, like, one store left or whatever. Those are pretty fun to go through, uh, like, your little malls that are just decrepit and, and dying or whatever. Those are kind of always fun to, to, to walk around, but, like, otherwise, as far as, like, malls that I actually like to go to, I like the second tier ones, you know what I mean? Like, the ones where you can get from, you know, one end to the other in about, you know, 30 minutes as opposed to the gigantic ones where, the worst ones is because the gigantic ones you can go because you want to go to a particular store. But then, it, like, we have Woodfield Mall here in Schaumburg, which is a, a gigantic fucking mall. Good luck trying to get to anything here. It's like nine levels. The levels are like sub-levels of each other. It's impossible to get to where you need to get to. The first part is you're like, I need to get there. How do I get there? And you go up one ladder or one, you know, crawl, and then and that doesn't work. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go over here. And then, you're, and then you're in another part of the mall. And you're like, god damn it. And you see it again, and it's over there. And it's just, I just want to get to that part of the mall. But it's too damn big. So, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, so. All right, I'll run through these last ones. Uh, do you believe a Powerbomb TV will be a success unlike Flow Slam TV? So do you believe Powerbomb TV will be a success unlike Flow Slam TV? I have an answer for this. Yes, because they know a niche, and they're using that niche, and they're establishing that niche, and they're marketing to that niche. Flow Slam never yeah, I did think, that. I, I think Powerbomb's playing a different game than Flow. Right. Um, you know, Flow was, uh, had delusions of grandeur and was – making multi-million dollar deals. Powerbomb's not making multi-million dollar deals. Powerbomb is showcasing um, small-time indies. And and they're making uh, reasonable deals. And like Rich said, they're filling a niche. So, um, yeah, they, they have much more... Look, it's it's a it's a lower... 
you know, there's a lower upside there. Um, if Flow Slam would have worked out, it would have changed the game. You know, power bombs never change in the game, but they they've they they like Rich said they they are capitalizing on a niche and they'll do just fine if they stick with that. Yeah, and I have and I have no reason to believe that they won't stick with that. So yeah, I think that's we talk about all the time with Flow Slam. What was their, their niche was Evolve fans? That's their niche. That was all that they got. Whereas Power Bomb is, hey, or do you like you know? Do you, do you like, you know, hardcore indies or whatever? And we got it for you. We got everything. We got, you know, indies all across the world. We got Mexico. We got, it, it's, it's hitting that exact market. So, no, I think Power Round TV is going to be a I mean, Flo, Flo wanted to challenge WWE. Yeah, like I Flo mean, wanted to sign Matt Riddle to an exclusive deal and yeah, have him bounce. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. They're just playing different. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing but playing a different game. All right, Backlash asks, I don't know, he said Rich, but I think I'll include you in this, Joe, as well. He says, who are your favorite fictional processing characters in video game slash fighting games? Now, mine are, uh, a lot of these come from uh, World Tour and WCW NWO World Tour and WCW NWO Revenge, mostly because they were, like, supposed to be, Jap- they were guys, you know, left over from Virtual Pro Wrestling or whatever. So I was, but, like, Aki Man was one that I loved. Sumo Joe, who was Tenru. Uh, Hannibal, who was obviously Hayabusa, and then Black Ninja, who was the great Sasuke. Those were my favorite ones. Also, uh, uh, Kincorn Karn from uh, Pro Wrestling. I always was a big fan of Half King of Korn those Karn. guys you picked were, at, were real wrestlers with, with fake names. Yeah, that counts. How does that count? They're not fictional. Oh, Sumo Joe counts. That so means I can, Man. okay, by that theory, you can count anybody that comes with Fire Pro. I suppose you could. Not the new Fire Pro. Not the new Fire Pro, but Fire Pro Returns. Okay, so so then fine. I'll do Akiman and Kin Corn Karn. Is that all right for you? Zangy. Why is Zangy there? Being so. such an asshole about this yeah. silly question, but. Jeez. I just, I just like Sumo Joe, all right? <laughs> at, at the time, when I, here's, to be fair, okay, do you want to be, you want to be fair here? When I was a kid, yeah. I did not know that Tenru was Sumo Joe. I didn't know Black Ninja that's was fair. fair. So, like, all these guys, I was like, fuck, Hannibal's awesome. And, like, oh, Black Ninja's awesome. And that's when, like, when I mentioned that Hayabusa had such a big influence on me as a kid. I didn't know it was for a while because I thought this Hannibal guy in WCW New World Tour was the fucking greatest. He did like these sweet, you know, moonsaults. I knew nothing about that. He did awesome moves off the top rope. Same with the Black Ninja. And then I later find out, oh, wait a minute, that's Hannibal from World Tour. When I first saw Hayabusa, I was like, Hannibal, right? I was like, wait, I thought that was yeah. a fake character, learning that then it's Hayabusa. So, like, later in life, I learned. But at the time, I, I liked them because they were just cool characters. I didn't that know. That really was before. a great game. Oh, World Tour is so fucking great. Yeah. Revenge is great too. I mean, the WWF ones were good too. No mercy in WrestleMania, but man, the first time you played World Tour, it was fucking mind blowing. It was unlike any game that we had had stateside ever. Even WCW versus or WCW versus the World on PS One, which used yeah, that same engine, too, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not like as good. When you got World Tour, it was like, oh, here we go. Like this has really yeah. changed the game in a lot of ways. It was it was mind blowing to me. Yeah. There's still be versus the world too, though. With yeah, same. No, same that was deal. good. That was great. That yeah. was a very good game. That that was the first step where it was like, oh, because you were used to those really shitty WWF games for so long that just sucked. And WCW had no good games forever. I mean, last good one was like pro wrestling, and that's you know, God, you're you're years years past time. Do you have any, or are you just gonna belittle my choices? I'm insulted because Backlash only asked you. So you know what, Backlash, <laughs> you're not getting my answer. How about that? Oh, wow. Do you have an answer? Is it Starman? Uh, no, I'm not answering. Well, is, does Starman count as fictional if he is a... Uh, Starman's fi- Well, that's true. He became a real character. <laughs> right, does that work? Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll end with this one here. Clem Hazard asks, again, you can go to voicerising.com slash forums anytime we do these question shows to ask, uh, who are some wrestlers that fly under the radar that you feel should be more acclaimed? Joe, feel free to wax 
I think he, he said lyrical, but I think he means philosophical. I don't know what he meant. Uh, feel free to tout Hiroki Goto. But is there a guy? Is there another guy, including Hiroki Goto or excluding Hiroki Goto, that you feel flies under the radar that should be more acclimated? Well, I talked about Goshiozaki. Talked about Goshiozaki earlier. I'll give you another guy who's been good for a long, long time, and I don't think ever gets proper due, and that's Taiji Ishimori. Um, never gets the proper yeah, due. A guy. Back. A guy on the British scene who I don't see anybody ever praise, but every time I see him, I enjoy him is Josh Bodum. Um, you know, I, I, I look, I don't think he's a main eventer or anything, but I think as a cocky, you know, heel on the undercard, uh, the guy suits a role. Um, you know, there's people like uh, El Desperado that, that I think I like better than other people do. Um, so, yeah, I think those guys are. That's the last question. I had so many notes. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I cut out a few. I mean, we're, we're, we're well over three hours here. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of notes here that just went fucking unused. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to, what, which question did I not? Wasn't there a uh, comp tape question? There was a... Um... Oh, well, you, you obviously didn't check the, uh, the doc. I only, I only picked... The, there was a comp tape one. Yeah, who would you put on your comp tape, Joe? Then, then fine, I will ask that. Oh, the question was, uh, did, did, uh, did I ever have the uh, purchase the Rob Naylor comp tapes, right? I believe that was. I, I never did, so I don't know if you... Uh... Yeah, my notes, yeah, it says no, I did not. Okay. But I did put together... Did, didn't it ask us to put together our comp I did, yeah, I did, yeah. Go ahead, then. I it's did a not. a fun so. question. Why didn't you that put together a fun question. Well, I thought it was going to take too long, so I got rid of it. But you're asking me what, what Suit Williams should do about college? Yeah, I thought, you, I thought you'd give good advice, but your advice was shit. Yeah, I gave so. him great advice. <laughs> Lie about being on the football team, bang some broads, and quit. <laughs> Go work at the local mill, you know? Is that what people do now? I think it lives in Louisiana. Are there any mills in Louisiana? Are there, mill? there might be a mill in Louisiana. Okay. I was saying, ah, you know, I quit school. I went to work down at the mill, yeah. you know? Well, the good thing is we're all staying at his house for uh, many a weekend. So maybe well, I'm people not, still work in mills? What, like, is well, that according to Donald Trump, yes. <laughs> according to the rest of the world, no, not really. But <laughs> do people uh, are there still like coal miners? Is that still well? Yeah, yeah, we were. We were going to create jobs for them. Remember? No, they employ like a hundred people total in the entire. But you know, yeah. Fine. What? What's the question? No, you. This is the you. You derailed here. You said you wanted the comp tape. Oh, my comp tape. All right, yeah, so I got, did put, I got. I So put this is Joe Land. This is so this is a comp tape, comp DVD. What are we talking about here? What, I'm what is putting together time? comp tape. I don't know how long it is. Is this like an EP SP? What are we? What are we recording uh, you here? Tell me when I'm done with it. Okay, right. I I put together. I put the work in. Okay, so the listeners know I put work in. Okay, Rich wants to blow off the hard questions. He wants to tell. <laughs> he's busy telling Sue Williams. I want the fry to, dipping. I want the fry dipping in Aki Man. That was. You're, uh, yeah, life. you're busy telling Sue Williams to study harder. Okay, I'm putting work in. That, no, I no. I in fact told him the opposite. I told him to not study harder. Do you want to hear my comp tape or not? You keep going derailing. I'm sitting here. I'm just, you know. It's a tag team match comp tape. You know who's going to love this comp tape? Alan. I think Alan will love it, yes. But I was going to say you, Rich. I think you will love this comp tape. Uh, Rockers versus Orient Express at Royal Rumble. Okay, good start. Rockers versus Barbarian and Haku at WrestleMania 7. Uh, Heart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs. Pick a house show. Ooh, pick a house show. Nice. Okay. Uh, do Kenta I get to pick, or do you do you send you can pick me any of them? They're all. So you're, you're waiting for me to email you back or, or, or mail you back. Go on your network and pick any of them. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. They're all great. 
Kanta and Marafuji versus uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and uh, Makato Hashi. Okay, yeah. Also, Kenta and Marafuji versus Morishima and Rikio. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Kenta and Ishimori versus Marafuji and Ibushi, 2007. Yeah, one of my favorite matches ever. Fantastics versus Midnight's Express from World Class. It's on the network. Check it out. This is chron- so you're bouncing back and forth. You're not keeping it chronological. You're trying to... Motor City Machine Guns versus Apollo 55. All of them. <laughs> Every single one that they ever had? All of them. So this is this is well beyond the New Japan one. That's right. This is definitely beyond SP now. So we're we're, we're... dog collar, pitbulls versus Raven and Stevie Richards, DIY versus the Revival. All of them. <laughs> okay, we're now in we're on multiple uh, tapes here, but that's fine. That's good. Austin Aries and Roderick Strong versus AJ Styles and Matt Seidel. Two 2000- Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.